Hey, Feral Audio consumer, did you know Feral Audio's got a new survey? Hey, I am a Feral Audio consumer, even though you're not talking about that, and I didn't know that. I am talking about that. Man, we're on a mission to get to know our listeners a little better, and that means you. So basically, these surveys, they kind of help us get information about what you like, right? I guess so. Your participation in these surveys it, uh, makes a difference for everyone making podcasts at Feral. It's a super easy way to support the shows you love. Um, so we appreciate you helping out. I mean, I'll say I don't, I, I, but that's just me. I don't like the idea of, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the idea of a survey. Right. Please feel free to let someone at Farrell know that you wish I lost weight. I, you can seriously in advance go fuck yourself. Not, I don't think these are the survey questions. Okay. No, no I, I imagine it's more like, who are you? Like, like what if we find out that there's like, you know, a bunch of asexual listeners, you know, and right. that, and that the, they in particular don't have, uh, uh, they don't feel feel like they have a their point of view represented like the great thing about podcasting networks is like it's very low overhead to create a podcast so this survey is a great first step to to, to help us build a better feral audio that that includes like if representation is your jam or it just like your interests you know are you, right uh, are you into football would you never for instance ever buy a football app if it was advertised to you, is that not helpful to you? Right, right. We can we can tailor make connections between audiences and, right. and, and, and the advertising. This survey is going to exactly help out those kinds of issues because we don't know you don't like football. Um, you can find the survey at feralaudio.com slash survey. That's feralaudio.com slash survey. You're helping yourselves. The Feral Audio, the Feral Audio survey. You'll float too. <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie so uh, my name is alvaro rodriguez i'm the screenwriter for the last rampage as a writer to me I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, you know kind of horror genre, thriller, or action movie, or kids movie, or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of, um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in, in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, 
get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Levy! We miss you so much, Jeff Davis. Nobody more than me. But I'll be sitting in. My name is Brandon Johnson. Let's bring up the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon! Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't have any notes, I don't have any, there's no show, there's no show tonight, but it's a, it's a beautiful summer night, thank you for coming out to Burbank, where see, if you were here last week, we started, we're, we're zeroing in on the, on the 8 o'clock start time, this yeah. time I believe it was our fault, I think we yeah. walked up at 8 o'clock, so yeah. I don't think we could have started the show sooner, we're, we're, we're battening down the hatches, if, if that's what you do on a ship when you're making it a better ship, I think that's not what you do, I think no. you just, that's what you do when a short ship, ship storm is coming. Yeah. Um, uh, welcome, Steve. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, big big shoes to fill. Uh, just keep judging me. Uh, yeah, sorry, Spencer's not here. I'll tell you some things about Spencer since he's not here. He's usually... Uh, he's a libertarian. He, uh, he voted for... Uh, it's, yeah, that misfired. <laughs> so is 30% of my viewership. <laughs> Listenership. Uh, yeah, I was going to say he's a Republican, but I thought it was too arch a joke. Yeah. So I went, I tried to make something funnier. Like if somebody says, how old is that? And then you, you could go like, oh, 85. And it's funnier to say 27. Unless he's 85. Spencer's 85. <laughs> and a Republican. A Nazi Republican. Not even like a log cabin, like supportive of gay people because it makes fiscal sense Republican. Like a fucking hardcore master race Republican. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and he hates the fans, hates them, doesn't, doesn't like them, isn't grateful for them. He considers them a pox. Um, and, uh, he doesn't, he likes dungeons a little bit, hates dragons, uh, never uses dice. Uh, and we got, I moved into this new space because people kept saying, I, they were coming from out of town. I want to see Spencer. So I like lifted him up and put him over there, put a, a mannequin behind him and... But and now he can't show up because you know why? You know where he is? He's uh, he's he's Being whale famous. hunting. He's out hunting what? whales for sport, not even for oil. <laughs> he's hunting whales for sport. Do you know where he gets his, his his the oil for his whale harpoon gun, which uses twice as much oil as a whale generates? Z- zebra. He uses zebra oh, oil no. to hunt whales no. for sport. Did you tell him about the puppy dress he made? 
didn't yeah. even wear it. With his ivory sewing machine? <laughs> uh, conflict ivory? Not regular free range, the, the elephant knows it's been raised to give ivory ivory. Like actual fucking like there's a there's a Gaza strip of the ivory poachers and I know this is challenging for you but there's two kinds of poachers and one is technically relative to the other kind the good kind of poacher and Spencer is not on their side he exploits them the the poacher you'd feel sorry for if you were sealed in a room with only poachers and had only known them that's the poacher that he exploits right. Uh, all right, well, so be thankful he's not here is my point. Um, it's just little old me with his lack of a show. Oh, boy, let's go to Burbank and pay, what is it, $5 now? I, man, I snuck in. $75? $75? Oh, they're, they're creeping it up. So I thought $5 was like, like, look, it'll be half price, like you know, half what they paid at Meltdown, and then we can be twice as bad, and it won't, you'll, you'll break even. How much was that drink? Okay, we'll see. It was an optional dollar. Yeah, it cost you a dollar because there was a jar that made you feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of being a human is a dollar. The drink was free, otherwise we're under arrest. Uh, <laughs> it's the Town speakeasy. Uh, but thank you, thank you. You're welcome here, sir. Uh, you're not miked, but you're welcome here. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I've spent. I, see, I've been doing this thing. I, I I ran in last minute because I. And, but this is really valuable for me. I I started making these little garage band songs and and music videos and putting them on Instagram. And I've been very. It's been very therapeutic for me because it's not something I'm supposed to be good at. I'm not a musician. Nope. Wrong. <laughs> I am. It turns out. No, no, no. I'm just making these goofy little songs. I'm using only the free software and the, and only using my phone. And and my and my little earpod uh, ear, earbud uh, microphone and anything that exceeds that I'm like because I, I want it to be a hobby not a profession so I'm not supposed to be good at it so it was very relaxing to me I was having a really good time and I was churning out these amazing little hits uh, we cannot wait these little loopable, we cannot wait well he's quite a wordsmith well <laughs> oh shit. Okay, here we go. World premiere. It's still my other hobby, which is getting this show to the point where I can just play shit. I, I is I'm falling behind in that hobby. I I, I can't. I, that'll take ten minutes of dead air. So, uh, but but I uh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you just, if you follow me on Instagram, I just make these little ditties about taking poops and being hungover and stuff. And, uh, and so I was having a good time. It would take about two hours to make the song, and then I'd, like like run around and shoot stuff like 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 me pooping and stuff. And then I'd like put it together in Luma Fusion, the the iOS's uh, 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 premier nonlinear editor. Um, we lost Brandon. We lost him. It's not a good show. Um, the uh, 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 no, you can go do it. You're, you were gonna make a drink. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, it's I'm, it's we're fine. all good. We're fine. Okay. What? Do you, what? Oh. Oh, he was. Oh, you're picking the I thing up. I want to hear the story. Well, don't pick up. It's, it's <laughs> bad optics. Uh, all right. So the the uh, the the the. I so I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm happy. Then Cody gets sick. She's got like a throat thing or something, some kind of throat thing, and it's like she's quarantined, so we can't see each other. So I'm like, I'm gonna make. Thank you, Chris. He got the phone to work. Uh, Steve Levy is plugging in the phone for you. Oh, you plugged in, you plugged in my phone or you plugged in? It's my phone. You're on Instagram. It's okay. You're a public figure. That's how it works. Okay. 
All right. That makes he sense. That, he got that Spencer shit down. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek, too, and it really makes me miss Spencer because uh, the relationship between Kirk and Spock is uh, not to endow myself as, <laughs> as Kirk, but, but like the, the dynamic between them is, is, uh, make, makes me miss Spencer a lot. But that, that, that show, like, that, that, that show was straight up racist, but be, before you could even be regular racist like in a millennial sense. It was like, not only, forget about, we'll talk about Nichelle Nichols in a second and the treatment of, of her character and all the women, but, but, but forget about that. We, don't need, we, we know that the 60s were an, an unenlightened time and that we are now living in a Camelot <laughs> of progression. Uh, historians will look back on 2017 and say, they really understood. Uh, they really got it. Um, uh, the, 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 there's going to be a hot dog on our dollar next week. Uh, like we're, we're do, we might as well just do whatever we want. No one's ever going to see from history, which is what you were supposed to be doing, through the canopy of fucking Trump. Like you might as well do whatever you want down here. Doop 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 doop. Women, I don't like them. Uh, no one, you, you guys only heard that. The aliens will never hear it. No, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll be watching him touch a ball with a with a wizard. Uh, I go like, these people were fascinated with this man who was so strange and f- wonderful, I guess, from because we are we don't know anything. Our DNA only has three letters, and all of them are genius, and so we have no life. We, we sleep for a million years just to make bread. Because <sighs> it comes all the way around. Like, like they're, they're, like, genetically washed out. We must abduct people and replenish our DNA with ape man. And cow anus. I love this recipe already. Part ape man, part cow anus. <laughs> Try it, Blimflock. Mm. I'm feeling a little feisty. Like you could make a coffee table book? No, don't be ridiculous. I am part of the memeards. <laughs> then keep, keep trying and I'll be back with more cow anus. But we already tried that. Shut up. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, Oh, Star Trek. Yeah, well, whatever, man. But I'm saying, like, that show didn't even know that non-white people belonged on TV yet, and it was still racist because they made up a race called Vulcans, and all they did was bust his balls the whole show. Because he only had one thing about him, and he was just like, look, I have one gimmick. It's kind of easy to understand. It's sort of my religion. I have a funny haircut, pointy ears, and it's associated with the fact that I only deal in logic. I don't deal in emotion. And then they're like, okay, got it. So, So we understand that. So at the end of every episode, they'd be like, of course, that was kind of feelings, wasn't it, Spock? And he's like, he's like, why? why?" He's just like, everything on his face is like, like, why do you do this? Why do you, like, like, when is this going to get funny? Like, I I can't hear the fucking impish music. Like, I I, I, I can only yes and you logically. I know that's going to make you even funnier. But like, what if I, what what if Spock was just like, you're right. Come on, guys, leave me alone. And then they'd be like, ew. And then you hear that like flute, that comedic Star Trek flute. Um, but then they'd stop respecting him, right? Because he'd stop saving their life all the time, and he wouldn't be able to throw them through walls. Uh, but 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 he, I don't know. It's, it's just like, that's how we treated exchange students. Did you have exchange students in your high school? Like there'd be some kid from a. They'd go like, "This is Andre. He's from he's from fucking uh, 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 Germany." Yeah, okay. sure. I mean, yeah. Germany is the easiest to pick on. Like the German ones were the hardcore because their jeans would be too short and too tight, and there'd be like one ball hanging out awkwardly. 
there was a guy from Barcelona that came to our high school. I didn't want to say that because I don't want you to think I went to some rich people's high school. And I, I don't know. It feels like exchange students, like, they come from, like, warmer climates, maybe are richer or something. Like, I went to a shitty high school. Like, but I don't know why anyone from Barcelona would, would come to Milwaukee, but goddamn, they must have been so fucking bummed out. And, and, then, and then to be in our little 600-kid high school in this brown deer, w w Wisconsin, and then the kids were just, like, so fascinated for the first two weeks. They're like, hey, say this. Say, say, balls or whatever our thing, like, you know, whatever our Swifty. I tried to change it from Swifty last minute, and it didn't work. <laughs> To try to say, just say goyerty, you know, like you know, like when you're a high school, you got you got your little things. You go like Norb Flork, and that means p pussy, but it also means like the principal's fat or whatever. You got your codes, and then so you, the kid, you say Norb, hey, say hey, Andre, say Norb Flork, and, and and he's like, what does this mean? Is Norb Flork? Uh, is that just a? <laughs> that's already funny. What does this mean? This Norb Flork? Is that he asked what Norb Flork is? That's not actually funny. That doesn't. When you grow up and start practicing comedy, you find out that doesn't qualify as a joke to confuse someone and th for them to seek clarification it's not funny it wouldn't work if you saw it on SNL they wouldn't you know, they wouldn't get you know I'm not saying that's a gold standard but they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't say this sketch is ready to go yeah third uh, grade style like fifth grade jokes but then they finally go Norb Flark and then, and then whoa and the roof comes off the school and Andre said Norb Flark and then he says it again, like, because either he's going to play ball, he's like, that was a real Norbflug. And then you're like, ugh. <laughs> and then, and then he just, that's how we consume people. That's what we do. We're a giant, we're just a big, that's what society is. We're individually, we're wonderful people. We're better than the, the giraffes, not to, not to sound like a broken record, but the chimpanzee is a beautiful beast, like, and we are basically chimps. The, the thing that we created by becoming the perfect chimp, which is society, a a byproduct, I would say a wasteful byproduct at this point, we're all choking on it. Society is like carbon monoxide from a car, like it's exhaust. Society has been created around us, or let's say excess society. Society you probably wouldn't complain about if you were running through the apocalypto forest and there were people behind you going like, you know, you don't have a society so we're gonna kill you and then your society came the other direction or through the jungle, it'd be like, thank God for society. But that's just gang shit in a jungle. Uh, then, it, then, then you start like making things to grind your food instead of blah 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 and then you cut to you know the, you know the stuff that we're in right now where you're like looking at Twitter and you're getting mad because there's a guy with a shirt that says Buck Obama and you're like you can't swear <laughs> you don't know how to swear what are you what are you posh you you don't want to you don't want to sully your fucking forebrain with a profanity it's a free country say fuck Obama you fucking hillbilly nerd <laughs> Um, I wouldn't want to use the F word, but uh, let's just say that person's not human. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> where was I? I don't know. I I, I'm, man, I'm stuck on that superior chimp thing. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we're that a master. amazing. But then we turn, we've done together, we're, we're this biomass. And we, what we do is, starting on the playground, we see individuals. And we start practicing coalescing. We go like, oh, I, what kind of shoes do you have? I don't know. What kind of shoes do you have? Same shoes? Same shoes. Well, that's good. Your shoes are too the same. Well, my shoes will be a little bit different. OK. Well, that person's different shoes are a little cooler. And you're forming this like little blob. And then there's the kids, all of whom became my listeners, who are in, or like further away from the blob. There's never going to be any coalescence. It's going to be, it's like way 
over here. So the blob goes like, whoa! Scoot, 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 scoot. Just visiting, not coming over here. What's with your shoes? And you go like, I fail to see the logic in why you're asking the shoes. Energy! And, 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 the, and, and there was no exchange about shoes at all. Your just soul was just sucked away, and the blob goes, scoot, 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 goes away. Or the suckers go, oh, come on, guys, I'll try a little harder next time and kind of follow the blob along that they'll never be a part of. And it, like those are the people like in Blade that have the tattoo on the back of their neck, the, the thralls, the, the glyph slaves, the, the, uh, the familiars. The, the the Renfords that will then run out into the night or the daytime for Dracula and go do uh, whatever. Ren, 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 Renfroth? What the hell was that, guys? Renfield. Renfield. I was close. Oh, shit. We have a guest. He's standing over there. Okay. What do you want? I, well, I, Did you schedule anything for me tomorrow? Yeah. It's Memorial Day. Okay, but I didn't know that when... Yeah, you didn't remember Memorial Day. I was to schedule that day. Who asked you to schedule something? Smalls. Okay, that's writing work. No, not Leonard Smalls. Who's Leonard Smalls? I could work with Leonard Smalls if I wanted. Whoever that is. So you no. want me to cancel? No, because we're way behind on that. Well, maybe, look, I'll... I'll, I'll I'm, we are, you we should a, do this right you now, have you, a guys. Fun, you have a we fun dinner tomorrow night. We should do this right now. <laughs> Yeah, because there's no, you know, there's not a guest over there. Right, right. <laughs> People. Fred, I'll oh. bring you up in a second. I just got a few calendar items to sort out. I want to clear my day tomorrow. <laughs> Respect for one person's time on stage. It's mine. Uh, I'm a, I'm a real wizard about it. Uh, let's, let's welcome my, 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 my good old friend Fred Stoller. I'm already all sweaty, so I didn't want to like hug you. I got you. the water. I um, <clears throat> this is pressure. It's well, they told me just have fun. Yeah. So do, I'm glad when they remind me to do that because sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. And you come up here and you yeah. cry. And you seem you, you seem like a guy. I've known you a while, and you're you're always a guy that knows how to just have fun and go crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like if somebody, right, somebody yeah. tells you like like don't try too hard, like you know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. like, I um. I, well, you were talking about like the pressure because they, they didn't pay a lot. And when I used to headline in stand-up, which is very brief, I used to feel sorry for the people waiting online to see me headline at a comedy <laughs> yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not confidence. That's. Uh, I mean, I, it, yeah. Yeah, you gotta really think you're entitled and you're great. So, hopefully, you could pull up the slack of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into this. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here all night. I, um, <laughs> I always feel, I feel bad, but when you were doing stand-up, are you still doing stand-up? Do you still actually? No, no, no. I, um, I, I did it a long time ago. And first of all, the confidence, when I saw the people lining up to see your show, and I walked by them, and they had no idea who I was, and, uh, and I'm the whole show. And he's whispering, I look familiar, is what I got. <laughs> Sometimes I get a, maybe he said a, but uh, if I'm lucky, people, they come up to me, they go, where do I know you from? Right. And, and I list my credits. And if it's a single mom, then I do the kids animation. 
right? Straight. Trying to hit on them like a pedophile. You know, like, hi, I'm Rusty from Handy Manny. Is your daddy not around? Hey, I'm a monkey wrencher talks. Just ignoring the kid and trying to talk to the mother. I, uh, are you are you a bachelor right now? And tell me, you you. By the way, I don't know. You don't you. If I'm ever prying or anything, you don't have to talk about stuff. Like I, I don't know why. I, yeah, I'm like Greg Proops. I only riff about pop pop culture. I uh, nothing personal. No, I just I um. Does anyone know me? No, I. <laughs> I need something. I think that when people see your face, I, mean, I think this is the lucky kind of fame. I would say, I would, I would wager. There's plenty of people that wouldn't maybe see your face and go, "Oh, that's who that guy is." But then when they say, "Where do I know you from?" It doesn't matter what credit you choose, because as soon as you start talking, they go, "Oh, Fred Stoller." Not into no. that. Usually they recognize me, and they go, "I don't mean to uh, bother you." And I'm so glad someone broke up the isolation that now I'm bothering them. All right, right. <laughs> I go, hey, where are you going? I've been to the Grove before, and I'm following them. And uh, I'm so lonely. They, the frustrating thing is I did one Seinfeld, just a few Raymonds, and people think I'm rich. Right. Like they point to the Hollywood Hills. He must live up there. And I... <laughs> specifically show them the exact little apartment <laughs> there's a new thing called celebrity net worth have you looked up yourself on this no no it, it has you know with him and it's you know probably you know 18 million you know all that stuff right. and, and and i'm on it and it's very wrong it's 1.5 million and uh you know so i've had dates that uh one woman goes, this can't be right. I go, right. Ah. She goes, yeah, you have to have more than that. <laughs> so people now look up my credits. They see a lot of stuff. That, would, that, that would be nerve-wracking. And, and so, yeah, I have somebody, because somebody was in a Twitter fight. spat with me, and there some, it must my income or something must have come up, like whether I'm fancy or richer, because it must have been. And then so, so then somebody posted as if like spiking a football this link. <laughs> I, I was like, what is this going to be a link to? Is this how you get like doxxed or whatever you got? Like, and I clicked on it, and uh, it was this thing like, yeah, like what are they worth dot org or something yeah, like right. that. It says Dan Harmon worth net worth five million dollars. I was like, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Money you don't know about. And then I went through it. I said, I guess it maybe. Maybe if I like sold everything, I guess worth is like, yeah, it's not liquid. It doesn't say how liquid are they. Like, maybe if I sold everything. And borrowed money? No. Uh, and, uh, like, and what Rick and Morty will be worth in syndication, they're putting over. Oh, that well, down. yeah. Well, geez, I mean, if you're allowed to start counting that, then I'm Enron, right? Like, I get to just go. <laughs> Because I, I was, I was, if you get to start counting that, then it's like, well, because I'll, I'll never see that money. However, it, right. I do have a stake in it. So it's like, like sometime when I'm 70 years old, in theory, a check for like Hot Topic Rick Slippers will come in or something. Uh, and I'll be like, 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 like it'll be at the right medical technology or they'll be able to just feed those checks into the machine that keeps my heart beating for 10, <laughs> 10 more beats. And they'll be like, Mr. Harmon, you're doing great. You're, 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 you're 70 years old. Most your average person lives to 35 today. Can you hear the gunshots outside? Can you smell the sulfur? Oh, more money, more Rick and money, more money, money. <laughs> 
He calls it Rick and Money now. <laughs> I love how savvy people are now. I mean, you are savvy because, you know, you know show business from following him. But I was at this thing, hey, you get good results, you get checks. You know, they hear what Larry David, hey, they'll see a Seinfeld I was on right. and go, hey, checks are coming to you. How much? Yeah. That's my impression of a moron. <laughs> I, um, but answering a question, I used to do stand-up, and I fell into it during the 80s comedy boom, which no one, you were alive or... That's how a lot of their parents conceived them, was they, both of their parents had an open mic and <laughs> during the 80s stand-up boom, and here they are. And uh, I was very shy and depressed, believe it or not, and... Uh, and now people have different ways to make it. You go on YouTube, you see this and that. But I only knew, like, uh, stand-up someone. I thought to make it as an actor, your parents have to put you in the Brady Bunch. Only children. And I was another reason to hate my parents for not putting Fred in a TV show. Like, you fuck. And... Uh, <laughs> Like they knew they were supposed to do that. So then I went to a I guess comedy. that makes sense if you're a kid and you're thinking about the people on TV. You're like, how else would they? Yeah, yeah. you don't know. Like I said, now there's every, you know, E-Harmony. Not E-Harmony. E whatever the hell. Um, you know, these links. Like, this is how you make it. Like, I probably wouldn't have been a stand-up if I tried now. I don't know what I would have done. But you're just savvy with that. You'd have been on an improv team. Yeah, it would have been yeah. so good, as you could see. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's because the internet hasn't changed anything about the industry in, in the important ways, like the idea that, I mean, I, that's a ridiculous generalization. The internet has changed some things about the entertainment industry. But, uh, but the, 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 the biggest change is basically the size of the waiting room for auditions. Like that, 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 that's, that's yes. how I put it. Like, especially for actors, like nothing's changed for actors. Like, oh, how do I get my start as an actor? Well, you know, you want to say like, oh, just get on YouTube and, and, and put on a fresh face and just like, but they, they've been doing that for 15 years and all it does is that's, they might as well be doing that. I mean, they can make a million dollars doing that and never get into Hollywood, but then uh, Google will say, sorry, Fart Smart's been shut down now. Um, no more Fart Smart. I grew up on it. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's like people think Fred is there's so many more opportunities now? Well, no, there's just more bullshit, right. you know? Now, when I was, you know, came to Hollywood, there weren't as many things, but they were like real things, like a part on Murphy Brown. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Or like uh, Amen or something. It was like a big deal. When I moved to, to get LA in like spot. the mid-90s, late-90s, it was like a person would get a spot on a sitcom. Yeah. Like, they'd be like the pizza guy that hits yeah. on uh, Dharma. Yes. Um, and, and, but it turns out to be Greg's uh, uh, a clone. Uh, no, not clone. Why would clone? I can't even pitch a fucking idea. I can't get through one idea. I fucked it up at the end. If he says clone, use the same actor, you dipshit. You already own that guy. I've done so many delivery guys. Yeah, so... I've now, lost it. I've lost it. There's so many more quote-unquote opportunities, but it's so saturated. But we would have parties. We would have everybody... Everybody would show up at that person's apartment you have chips and nachos and uh, chips and nachos fucking i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna fucking kill Fuck myself on this stage next week and i'm not saying that for clicks are you maybe you'll kill and murder yourself <laughs> um, you'd have cheese puffs and little doodles because hey so and so got got a, they're gonna be what well, one time it was, on wings it was like a guy yeah, going, yeah, come on like, through so the wing the guy would come through on wing you know it'd be your friend and he'd go someone order pizza and, and, and he'd go like ah ha and then the and then, <laughs> and then the commercial would start and you'd turn up the music and you'd just be like you know like I, when I would do guest spots my friends would say 
where were you on it? Meaning you're the beginning, the middle, so how much of that shit do I have to see? <laughs> it's like a chore to them, you know, because they're flicking back. What's that? Uh, don't ask him what's that. <laughs> what didn't they ask? I know. There's a gimmick with the people yelling stuff out that I've encouraged somehow. And, uh, That's it's, all right. I'm it, not going to be it, a pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be gentle for me. Usually, usually I, I, if somebody starts yelling something out because they're so concerned about something, I, I find that about 75% of the time it becomes fruitful. I'm like, like what is this person? You're, you've lost your mind. We're talking about ninjas or dogs. Dolphins or something, and you, and, the, and then they'll, they'll, they'll keep talking. And you go, do you want to just come up here so that you stop ruining the show and talking to the microphone? And then they come up, and then you know, several of them become parts of the show, and uh, and so it's a fun, nice part of the show. It's like a town meeting. But then I have guests on, and then someone will go, goes like, put hold the butter, and then I can see, <laughs> I can see your nervous system go. That means I'm failing, uh, like, yeah. like, like, because it does. If you're at a stand-up club, like Kumail, you know Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, of course. Like I say, he's like the he's like the brightest, smartest, sharpest dude. Oh but God. I know he has like a stand-up like DNA so like when people talk in the audience I could see his like I could see his like, like iron giant like 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 like, like it's just like oh no what no what 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 were you saying oh, oh. well yeah when you're oh so you're saying you're a fucking idiot okay and then, and then and then he just continues and I'm like okay well, uh, when you're trained in stand-up, what I did, the, you know, like I said, the comedy boom in the 80s, then when I started getting some guest spots, we, we think we're bombing, because I come in, uh, Murphy Brown, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm the delivery guy. I go, I suck, you know what I mean? Because it's da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Right. And, uh, but yeah. then you go into the writer's room. You, haven't you worked in writer's rooms and stuff? Not too many. I, the only thing, I was on Seinfeld as a writer, and there was no writer's room. Did you know how Seinfeld worked? Not really. There's, um, I was brought in in the 94, 95 season, again, before you're born. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what happened was, I knew Larry David from the New York stand-up days, and he would kind of taunt me, which, uh, <laughs> I sound like an Indian now. <laughs> you're like a pathetic loser. You're like a piece of shit. You make everyone feel uncomfortable because you're like a handicapped guy walking around and they want to look at you. Your head's down. Uh, when's the last time someone like you got laid? And, and uh, that's really what he said to me. I was... At my friend's surprise birthday party, this became a curve episode. He came late. I want to scream surprise like a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> All right, I'm in here now. Hey, no, he's it's a, Rodney. He's just, it's, he's, uh, he's just Rob Schraub, but nine octaves lower, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was, everyone in 94 was writing a spec script, you know, for Seinfeld. <laughs> And he goes, how come you never wrote a spec script? And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, because again, people are savvy. I thought when you wrote on a sitcom, you make the salary. I didn't know that sitcom writing became five jobs ahead. Like, the idea is not to, hey, I'm going to write on Seinfeld and make whatever the 2000 a week would be. <laughs> Sorry, if all you're right. at home right now. I'm going, why was that funny? Yeah. 2,000 a week. I'm going, all right, I'm getting right him now. a little bit. Dan has and, picked uh, up a kettle bottle and the ice is completely I, uh, attached, if you're listening. I'm thinking, all right. Uh, it's I, like, yeah, it don't still perfect. focus. Fred's yes. telling a story. Fred doesn't want to, like, and then I've lifted it. It's like a fucking yeah. what I Marx mean Brothers bit. <laughs> it's everything you want. Dan, what I mean is now people know about... It's nothing more primal <laughs> right, than well, the I used to get broken off. <laughs> and uh, what I mean is now people who... who... I 
I forgot why I was going the liquid out of the bottle. And I, I, I don't mean to bash Harvard because, you know, it's cliche, and I'm sure you went there and the community writers, but, uh, but they know. I went, I went to dirt. All right. <laughs> that's a, don't you know that's my issue? You don't, because we're both narcissists, so you don't know. I have, a, I have class issues. I, that's why I couldn't function in writers' rooms because everybody was from Stanford and Harvard no, and no. Yale, and I'd be like, "What?" Every time we got in a fight about coffee, I'd be like, "You know," I'd be like, "Enough of your Ivy League bullshit." Well, well when I was uh, temporarily on Seinfeld, which I, I'm plugging, I had a Kindle single called "My Seinfeld Year." Did anyone hear this? Well, it made him laugh in one person. All right, <laughs> and uh, you. We will be and, handing out copies at the end of the show. <laughs> Well, the, the actual thing is, I'm happy to see you, but only disappointed because thinking I was going to plug, I have a new one, and I sent Jeff Davis the PDF of it to save a dollar ninety nine. What it what it costs? Thinking he'll be going, hey, it's great. Wait, but, I'm, I want to make sure I understand this. You sent Jeff Davis a PDF of my new book. Of your new book, oh, okay. Thinking, you know, go, hey, I don't want him to spend a dollar ninety nine. There's these things called Kindle singles. They're legit. I know a dollar ninety nine people make fun of them. And, and uh, yeah, dude sent it to me. And so, could you pretend it's really good? Five Minutes to Kill and your That Jeff? book, I could, it changed my life. I've, I've read a lot of authors, and this book, your book, the book. <laughs> All right. Well, and, I'm uh, positive that if in any way, because here's the thing. I talked to Lee Daniels about <laughs> yes. making your book into uh, at least a four-part movie series. What about Leonard Smalls? Uh, and Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls as well. But when I was on Seinfeld, one of the Harvard guys goes, you know, because I would pitch things from my life, which was just fucked up, you know? <laughs> he goes, you know, nothing bad ever happened to me. I have to make things up. And I wanted to punch him like, now something bad happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These guys were never unemployed a millisecond in their life, but they learned how to do the Larry formula of just in, in doing things. So, so basically, <clears throat> there's no room. You know what a writer's room is, right? Okay. Okay. They can, they can put it together right. contextually. <laughs> so basically, you have to come up with a Jerry Kramer, Elaine, and who's the fourth one? I, uh, George. 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 I, by accident, did 50 milligrams of an edible the other night. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the other night. Yes, but and it's, it's still in me. Right. And uh, so you have to pitch. There's no room. Like, no one's trying to come up with stories together. My analogy, it's like a homicide division. We're all trying to solve murders, but our own murders. <laughs> And fuck you, I'm doing the old Daniels murder. You, we shut our door. We don't help you. So, uh, so I'm walking around, and there's a guy. I have a restraining order from him. I'm not making this up. Um, from? Writer, he... From uh, uh, my book, My Seinfeld Year. Check it out. Um, I, I talked about some people, and I got sued, and I have a restraining order against someone. I didn't mention his name, a writer. And I called him a pseudonym, and he would, he lately, when my book came out, he would pound on my door going, what? fuck you, you ruined my life, you know, because I, I haven't worked in 10 years because of your book that's been out three years. And, uh... <laughs> you should read my book looking for someone to blame. Yes, yes. So, so he would, like, bang on my door, leave notes, and he had this fixation. We would go on Dr. Drew, and, and he'd leave notes. We're going to tell the world what a piece of shit you are and Dr. Drew, that was his manifesto. Like, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, back up because I don't understand that. You, you, you said you, he had. <laughs> you were on. I, I, no, no, I, no. How did Dr. Drew get involved? I, I, he I didn't, I didn't. thinks that I know Dr. Drew so well oh. that we were going to go on his podcast and I would confess what a piece of shit liar I am. 
that is some bullshit. Yes. He was like, oh, I got this deal. You should get us on some Dr. Drew so I can get some money yes. and then get this episode. We'll get so, residuals. So this guy pretended to be my mentor. Oh. So I was on my own. He goes, bro, it's like now I'm here, but, but I'll show you the ways. And I, was, I made myself look like an asshole for listening to this guy. So I was the one who put myself down in the book that I'm such a schmuck. I don't believe that you would put yourself down All in right. your book. I, don't, <laughs> I feel like it must be another one of these. I'm such uh, a big shot. Yes. <laughs> and I don't get the narcissist, but in a different way. I get it. Oh, I get no, it. yeah. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, I you and know I, hate, I mean. hate ourselves, but we, I That's mean. That's what I always felt about Howard Stern. In one way, he goes, yeah, I'm cool. Then he puts himself down. Right. Didn't you see that dichotomy in Howard Stern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it, it, I, I, I relate to that. But you, you're a purebred something. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're amazing. And I, 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 that's why you're, I mean, I'm jealous of you because no, you, you, your voice, like, you, well, because what? So much that this guy's walking out. Like, and, when, uh, he's getting a, he's just taking a poop. No, piece no, of no, it's, um, uh, but, but no, when you would get up on stage at the, uh, uh, when, when I was, I, I was living in Milwaukee, I hadn't moved to LA yet. And you were, you were, you were the, one of the like five, six. There used hot, to be like, a thing uh, like there was so many comedy sentences. So many of these cable, evening at the improv, Paul Provenza, um, Mario Joyner, that you could make a marginal living doing the same set every, you know, on all these, the, the A-list, we called it A-list, because everyone was on it. <laughs> but those But you shows, would come out, I mean, the, and you, we were coming out of an age where, like, someone would come up with a hammer on their head and say, hey, I'm Hammerhead, and people would laugh, and then that person would be kind of fucked for 10 years, but, but um, <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't one of those, but, but the funny thing is that you were so on point, you were so true to your own voice that I bet a lot of people think you're doing a character like and because you would come up on stage and you would use the audience would stop clapping and then you would say something like yeah I'm kind of a I guess you're probably thinking I'm I'm I'm, I'm like oh, oh hey look at the look at the cool guy or something I just I, I like or like yeah, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, why I quit stand-up because yeah, stuff like that yeah, that yeah. reactions yeah exactly that's why I never but you know you go like I'm a I'm a bit of a thrill seeker or whatever you know you had your you had your bits I live on about, the edge like, I drank milk that expired yesterday yeah, and yeah. there's all these jokes but, but, but when you when you would say I'm a thrill seeker the audience would unanimously laugh and that's the thing is that that's that seems to be part of your voice is that you're like I, well, I, I, like, why is that funny? Well, because uh, the, they looked at you and you said something that they were thinking. Remember Louis Anderson's bit when he would say, yes, he would brilliant. open with fat jokes, and then he, after he did like three minutes of fat jokes, he, he'd take a pause, and then he'd say, I always have to open with the fat jokes, because if I didn't, someone in the audience would be sitting there saying, do you think he knows? Um, LAUGHTER and, and 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 that is like a thing of like 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 it's it's about essence. It's like what Sam Christensen was at this 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 class that I took in right here in Burbank. You told me, and you said you'd guarantee I'd get laid if I took it, and you were gonna pay. Did but, you take it? But, no, because you didn't pay like you uh, said you would. All right. You guaranteed I'd get laid. Did you remember I say, saying well, I'll, that? I'll pay for it. I, no, I, maybe he was gonna pay for the lay. Yes. <laughs> He's looking up Sam Christensen. And uh, yes, know who you, you know. The thing is, I, a lot like a lot of comedians were insecure, but I never learned overcompensation. Like these scrappy guys. Hey, I'm Greg Fitzsimmons or whoever. I'm scrappy. Hey, yeah. You know, Shots fired. You know, <laughs> I mad comic beef right feel, now. 
I feel embarrassed, yeah, like saying, hey, I'm great and all that stuff. So, like I said, I, I got into stand-up because it seemed a way, I, my idol was like Jimmy Walker. I never saw a guy like him, skinny, black, funny looking. I go, hey, that's Don't like keep me. looking at me, man. I know. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't, it's racist. So, you know, when you're on purpose. It's not dynamite. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, he, he looked away on funny looking. He was yes, saying it. I know. But I had to get it because he was, you know, he's trying. Uh, I'm trying to gain. It's like well, I, 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 I can't pitch shows. A few times you do. You ever try to engage like the third person in the show? You're not just right, talking about right. a really important person. So in the show, and then hi, third person. <laughs> we're not ignoring. There'll be three different arc breaks, and you're the really important person. And I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that fourth one, and that. I did a. I did a. I. I, I, I this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Fulton and Rourke. Dan, you smell like shit. Yeah, thank you. I I wish I didn't. That's where Fulton and Rourke come in. These two gentlemen met while smelling things and said, let's make this easier on everyone. By specializing in solid colognes, shave, and shower products, all designed to make getting ready easier and more enjoyable. Hey, Dan, you feeling okay? Yeah, Fulton and Rourke is a men's fragrance and grooming company that specializes in solid colognes. When's the last time you took a solid cologne, Spencer? Is that a euphemism for going to the bathroom? Yep. This morning. Spencer, you and I have always been very passionate about smells and hi- uh, hygiene. I'd say smells and hygiene account for 30% of my idle thoughts. I wish I could introduce you to my friends Fulton and Rourke. Did you know that Fulton and Rourke is a men's fragrance and grooming company that specializes in solid colognes, shave, and shower products, all designed to make getting ready easier and more enjoyable? Yeah. Well, then you should have cut me off at some point. Their travel-friendly wax-based colognes go anywhere. Plus, there's nothing to break or spill, and of course, they all smell fantastic. That goes without saying. I- if they didn't, they'd be definitely doing the cologne business wrong. And at the same time, Fulton and Rourke's bar soap is designed to exfoliate the skin with or without a washcloth. I mean, these guys, each individually, Fulton and Rourke, are, are powerhouses in the soap and fragrance industry. The fact that they're, they're teaming up is... Dan, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you see me as a more of a Fulton or a Rourke? Well, you know, when I met you, I felt you were Rorky because you had a robust, uh, reliable uh, fragrance. <laughs> um, but 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 I've I've started to explore your Fultoner side. Thank you, thank you. Because of your exfoliatory power and your great prices, Spencer. Why don't you try it for yourself at FultonandRorke.com, where you can save fifteen percent off your purchase by using the code Feral. At checkout. Just using the promo code FERAL at checkout at FultonandRourke.com to save 15% off my purchase? Yeah, I feel like I should spell it for you. F-U-L-T-O-N and R-O-A-R-K dot com. To save 15% off our purchase by using promo code FERAL, F-E-R-A-L, at checkout. And believe me, you're going to get 15% off your purchase, but you're going to get 100% off of your stinky, gross smell. And that's a fact you can take to the smell bank. Fulton Rourke. Fulton Rourke. They're the people that'll make you smell better. Oh, God, I'm so hungover. 
I, I went to a show where it was for so, it was it was right when the the stand up thing gave way to storytelling. So now I was allowed on stage with you guys right. and uh, like like a Beth Lapidus show or something like that in L. A. And like uh, and one thing I did was like because uh, I'm such a master storyteller, uh, I, I just that just stuck out in my head. I'm like, what the fuck did that sound like? But, but <laughs> I'm just saying like now I'm in. Yeah, I was waiting for my opening in this world. It was it was, it was because of a TV credit. Let's be yeah, I'll be frank. But then you get then you're allowed to go up to like these cabaret shows and you like you have a drink and you say my dad hit me and they're like that's great here's 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 a drink um, and, and, but uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I did one of those and it was like me Mark Marin and and, uh, and maybe like let's say Scott Thompson I think was there right. and it was uh, and there was like we almost outnumbered the audience and uh, and, and so it was like right on that bubble where it's like they must have talked about canceling the show there's like six people sitting there. And then three, and then the other two performers. And I remember distinctly, like it was such a weird thing that Mark Marin, while he was on stage, he coped with the with the the weird sensation of performing to only that many people. <laughs> I had never, I had only met him for the first time that night, but he just kept on. Maybe my I laugh was louder him. or something, but he, <laughs> did, he basically kind of did his whole act to me, but it really filled me with confidence. I think I killed with the six people <laughs> afterwards, but... When you or no, oh, yeah, I probably went on before him, and so he was just like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you like, need the feedback. Well, when you're talking about comedians, how they, um, you know, like... Uh, you know, a man, I'm the cooler. Uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, blaming old age when I forget names. The guy, you know, Silicon Valley, Dinesh. But, um, Kamel. Oh, yeah. Kamel yeah. Nanjani. Yes. Well, how, I did some guest spots. Bob Saget had a show called Raising Dad, which sounds funny. And uh, it was the two kids grew up, Arison Beale and um, Kat Jennings. So Saget and Kendler, they were just working Paramount had these tours going through and they'd be doing a rehearsal and hey, hey, and uh, you know, in acting class you'd have comedians and you're doing a scene but they'd work the other people for laughs. Uh -huh. So comedians have that mindset but what you just said about storytelling, when, uh, I'm bringing back to the Seinfeld writing, so this guy would always say, I'll tell you when to pitch laugh because you have to approach his door and knock and come in and pitch a Jerry Kramer, Lane and George story and you can't do anything till they're approved. And I'd be approaching, goes, not a good time, bro. Not a good time. <laughs> and I was so insecure. I tried everything out on him. He goes, no, no. And, and uh, he kind of ended up sabotaging me. And uh, so sometimes, uh, one thing I learned from writing, and so there was no room. You're totally on your own. The one lesson I learned for writers, and I'm sure you could attest to this, is when you try things out on friends, people, smart people, only try it out on the guy that could say yes or no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Because I tried out things on this. They all, he said, no, 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 I'm concerned. That's not good. Then someone else ended up doing it, not because they stole it, but because they tried it out on Larry David. Right. And I asked these middlemen. Well, I, yeah, I, I want to interject because, not, and not because there's anything to, to defend or correct, but because uh, I find this fascinating, that, that every show is different. And... Um, I'm surprised to, to to hear that, but like a lot of shows do have just the rooms where the people sit, so no room, powwow, and then there's like one per community worked like that because that's how I understood it to work, or yeah. rather maybe that's what Neil 
and Garrett, who worked on Scrubs and were helping me like run my first show. That's the show. way most like 97% work. It's like you come into work and you sit and then you've got a bunch of, it's like a police station where it's like you got your, yeah. your uh, you work on this and here's they what's been going other. on since yeah. yesterday. So how is it going in that room, in that room? And then they, people kind of go off back to their, so there's always like one person who's working on a draft or an outline. There's I, like a couple people working, hopefully if you're really healthy, that they're a joke room and they're punching stuff up. And then there's a story breaking room. Um, no, no, I had no idea what other episodes were in the pipeline, what was going on. You totally, so you couldn't do anything. One time I made a mistake, I tried out this idea. Kramer does a one man show called One Time My Uncle Hit Me. You know, <laughs> like those confessional things. And so I said, that's good, that's good. So I'm writing it up. And then I bring Larry in my what the fuck is that? You don't fucking put things on the board until I see it. But, but Lapisy said it was good. What the fuck, you idiot? So uh, you can't. Uh, <laughs> is it possible, Larry David, that there's something missing from your translation of him? That Like maybe he's smiling while he's saying something. <laughs> well, <laughs> he seems to be a joyful guy. I know he's grumpy, but well, he. Was, one time this you happened. make him sound like, like a bad guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Like, 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 he well, just wanted to. One like, time hurt this happened you. to me. He got, he got, he, his, the editing room was next to my room, so you can't do anything until the stories are connected. So I would like. One time I stood outside the room trying to pitch. I waited an hour, and these two aggressive wow. guys from Harvard went right in, and then they pitched. They went right in front of me, and I was so exhausted from waiting. I went in my room and snapped for an hour. So I would go play pinball, at, you know, walk around. And one time he passes, so he, he wasn't the worst guy, because he said something nice for a moment. He goes, I see you, you're not part of the clique. I, I see that. You <laughs> that gotta was the get nice aggressive. Thing. He goes, Jesus, that's the nicest thing. <laughs> yeah, well, wait, wait, wait till the story goes. And then uh, he goes, you know, when I was on Saturday Night Live, my, uh, all right, I don't have to, it's like doing Norm MacDonald, who I opened for, don't get me started. You can't do a story without going, ah, now, buddy, ah, yeah. you got the free sneakers. You fucker, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so I'll try to I do I think you should, no, keep doing your Larry David. All right, kinda... so he goes, uh, when I was a writer at Saturday Night Live, my uh, office was right by the elevator, and all the writers would walk by for lunch and not include me. So I know it, you're not, I see you're not part of the clique. He goes, so you gotta get aggressive. You find me on the, the, the floor, you look, and you throw things at me, just throw things at me. And I, yeah, and I went, all right. So I then go, hey, uh, hey, Larry, I had this idea. Yeah, there was a guy in new, uh, that season, Mr. Pitt. I don't know if you remember who he was. Um, and I said, what if he gets into it with uh, Jerry Stiller's character? He goes, that's a fucking stupid idea. <laughs> He goes, all right, I did tell you to try things out on me, but that was fucking stupid, Freddie. <laughs> I did tell you, but not that shit. <laughs> so, uh, Why did he hire you? <laughs> he, he kept, uh, there's something missing from this story. I do think it, because it seems to me like, like you know Shrab and you know our friend Abed, right? You, yes. You, well, so, so I'm just saying I'm like Abed. Have you all seen, right. well, I mean, you yes. know, but, but, like, 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 no, the dynamic, I mean, you've seen Shrab abuse Abed. Like, well, my, my theory is, him. my theory is that he sees in me what he doesn't like about himself. Because if he, when he was on Saturday Night Live, he didn't like any of those, the equivalent of Harvard writers. But then when it's this thing, so he, I, I started in stand-up with him and Gilbert Gottfried. He goes, me, you, and Gilbert were the three biggest fucking losers. 
He goes, Freddie, your only chance of getting a woman is if you're blind, because you're doomed. You're a Jew from Brooklyn. And we went to the same high school. I don't know. He saw something. So basically, how I got the job was Steve Scrovan, and I don't know if you know who he is, and it doesn't help in the story. Uh, he was the one who had the surprise birthday party. So in 94, 95, before they got this influx of the Ivy League guys, he would like hire um, stand-ups from his New York days, and they would, and, and so it was almost like the beginning of Platoon, where uh, they go, you're gonna like the Nam, you know? Because I had friends of mine that were just, they would do the same thing, but they had camaraderie. Four New York stand-ups came in, and they were totally on their own, and you weren't sure if you were supposed to start up a story. So he kind of got a kick at it, you know, he goes, you know, a lot of shitty things happen to you. Maybe you could use the shitty things from your life, you know, right. for the Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> so he goes, uh, well, how come you never wrote a spec script? He goes, write one. Nothing will happen, but I will read it. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna, because that wasn't the route. I wasn't smart, like I said. People now, they know. What I mean, they're five jobs ahead is I thought, you know, you make a salary. Now, all the guys at, at lunch were at cat with executives from Castle Rock on their next three deals. I, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't savvy. Right. I wasn't even savvy I could get laid as a writer. I was, oh man, yeah. go back in time. And uh, That makes me feel, I feel, yeah, I feel bad. I don't want to feel no, bad no, 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 for no. you because I don't want my no, pity no, no, to like, no, sprinkle all, on you I, and like, no, grow a pity bad. receptor. No, 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 I'll tell you it's all a happy ending. Okay, all right. Because no, that wasn't my route. I never, I know comics, they watched um, the Raw Petrie, Dick Van Dyke, and they wanted to be around a table. I just wanted to be a character actor, you know what I mean? I didn't know about houses and you, you write on sitcoms. And it never appealed to me like, you know, you see the run-throughs, they're like cows, moving on to Jerry's apartment. And you see them on the Radford lot, they look like cows, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just, you know, the writers, you know, walking. I was always jealous of those people too, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt your, no, your story, no, no, but. No, so basically what happened was, I wasn't gonna write a spec script, but in 1994, there would be people dying to have Larry David read their Seinfeld spec script. You know, so I said, let me just write one just in case like the next Dan Harmon goes, hey Fred, do you have a spec script? I'd have one ready. Because he kept saying nothing will happen. Or that Dan Harmon, probably yes. not the next one. Right, but, yeah. right, yes. Just to have it ready. And again, I, I, I'm an old man going, back then they didn't have the internet, and I had to really look for a Seinfeld script to see how it's done. And my friend helped me with the format. And in my spec script, I, I used a story based on many years ago. Oh, God, when you're old, you keep... I, I, my new book I wrote, everything is back before the internet. But, you know, you have to practice <laughs> it. Back before cell phones. And before, before there was the internet, remember when there was... Now there's no such thing as a blind date. Unless your name is like Phyllis Smith, because you oh, this is what she looks like, what she makes. Uh, you know, you get pictures, Facebook. So someone wanted to set me up with a woman, but she was away from the, wherever, the Hamptons till the uh, summer. And I was so excited. I wanted to have the visualization to be excited. I thought of a funny bit where, um, what if I hire a police composite artist to sketch what she looks like? To go, all right, yeah, looking forward to that. So... <clears throat> That was part of the spec script, and then uh, I, I once, uh, this they ended up using at Seinfeld, I, I met a woman in London, and it was unbridled sex, this was 1990, when I Oh, 96. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, no, 1990. Yeah, yeah, the but beginning. I, rem I remember, I confessed to her, 
I haven't had sex in six months. She goes, so long? I remember when that was so long. Wow, I wish it was that recent. <laughs> and, uh, you know why we had so much sex in 1990? We had no idea how to dress. Because uh, right. we like, it was 89, New Year's Eve. We were like, what are we going to do about right. all this Velcro? Yeah. <laughs> we can't just start dressing like hippies, too. Uh, we will by 93. But So I put in a storyline where I flew her to uh, L.A. And it was almost like she gave her ticket to a woman that looked like her. She goes, you flew me here just for sex. And she, if I said what instead of pardon, she'd scrunch. So he said, I like the spec script. Uh, yeah, yeah, let, let me show it to Jerry. And uh, so he liked this stuff and I was brought on and uh, just as a quirky guy. And then um, brought on as a to, to, to be on screen. No, 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 it's the staff writer oh, okay. from that spec script. So that's the, so, so yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. like, what, so rewinding from that, before that spec triumph, uh, what were you doing? You were at the office, you were being abused by coworkers, <laughs> but you weren't getting paid? Wait a minute, I'm confused. Uh, no, hey. You may have been a slave, and it's illegal. Wait, 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 wait. where was I not getting paid? No, I was on uh, staff so, at Seinfeld. No. I thought you were, because you, well, well, when weeks. you said you're five jobs behind, or you're five, you know, you're no, five no, no, jobs No, 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 what ago. I meant is that, they're strategizing. Writers now um, speculating. You don't go, gee, I just got a, a writing job on Community. You go, ooh, it's a cachet. Then I'll be able to pick, pitch FX shows. You I see say, what you mean. Okay, you mean. meant you meant being on staff on a sitcom. That's hardly the end of any rainbow. Right. Like, it, 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 but but, but it, they it, don't think, gee, I, I, it was called program consultant. I'm making 2200 a week. Ooh, that's cool. No, they think Seinfeld... They'd be on lunch right. getting their next deals, and they're five jobs ahead. Is and, what I meant. and the unspoken implication there, I think, or maybe I'll put words in your mouth, or maybe why don't I just say my own, is that the reason that's really true is because you could get that far, you could have a staff writer job on a sitcom, but then both because of what happened to the industry and technology, and because of the fact that you're right, you're competing with aggressors you're competing yes. with professional par you know i don't i don't want to undercut everyone that can hurt me in the business but uh, <laughs> and everyone that, that who and everyone i wouldn't want to hurt because i like them because they became right. my friends some of them but but there's a there's a dna there i always look at it like dog dog breeds because where it's like yes. because there's dogs that are good there's like you want you know, oh he's a great joke writer but um he's so he you know part of being a good joke writer is that he drives that person and that person so nuts, he has to fax his jokes in from home. <laughs> um, and then and that person's a, uh, not that good a joke writer, but they're so like vibrant in the room that their jokes seem funnier by 20%. And then these other people who are different breeds, like they end up pushing that joke and because there's the there's the breed of you know it's, like, it's I would, a, ca a chemistry a symmetry yeah and, I, and I, would, I would never want to say it because there's no such thing as a breed of dog that's a good dog or a bad dog unless you know pugs are evil but but no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I know that pug owners are driven by their protectiveness that's why I made that joke you can't talk shit about pugs that's the point of that breed it wouldn't exist but for the a surplus of protectiveness in the human breeders that bred it, um, it can't breathe unless you Q-tip its face every three weeks. Um, it is a dog that is falling apart. It is a pile of dog. It looks like you spilled a dog. And their then, eyes pop out. I mean, it's it it's they do yeah. it, 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 they they what and what could they ever do? A dachshund? I'll tell you what. They used to use them to clean cannons. <laughs> I know every breed. They all had a use. 
<laughs> Anyways, arrow quivers. They would clean them with dachshunds. Uh, but pugs, pugs are just there so that we can feel angry about, about yeah. people making fun of our dogs. That dog's cute for the first two years of its life. And they do not age well. <laughs> old pugs are ugly as fuck, and they're, old pug owners know pu- it. Pugs were part of a, uh, an ill-advised <laughs> program to breed rescue dogs. For murder. <laughs> I thought Let's that would get a big so laugh. Can... I, was just, I was like, this is impressive. I wrote this. I can't do stand-up. That been, I would have I wrote that down on a yellow pad and gone, this will kill. I just wrote that in my head. Pugs are part of an ill-advised program to breed rescue dogs. <laughs> laugh. But no. Yeah, yeah. When... Because you're breeding them all fucked up. Like, like as fucked up as like a... So you don't have to go to the Humane Center to find... You know, because it's like, oh, that dog has three legs and one eye. I'm going to rescue it. No, it's a pug. It's, it could be a thoroughbred <laughs> pug. And it's... She has a pug. It needs I see your that help. Face you're making. <laughs> no? I, you made a, a face like, no, stop. I, uh... Well, it also elicits that feeling because if you look at a pug, you go, like that's that's Sad. me that's my I'm an underdog that's me in grade school that's me in high school um, the, the that's the it's the little girl dressed as a bee in the blind melon video that's what a, <laughs> that's what a pug is because um, sometimes dachshunds you want to be tempted but you know no that's the kid that was into sports casting and so all the basketball players thought he was cool um, could I, could I kill dachshund. the momentum of this bit that's killing uh, no a writer <laughs> no my job I just did. Uh, writer's question, which I don't, I don't know if they care about this stuff. Do you think it's easier to fake being a writer on a sitcom than like a show like Breaking Bad or Justified? Like or a guy could just be aggressive and loud and throw out jokes. He could fake million dollar career in sitcoms, but can someone fake that in the world of uh, those dramas? Well, well, I want to make sure I understand the question because I do want to answer it, uh, but I don't understand well, the question. Well, it sounds like you were saying, or maybe I'm saying that, you could fake your way to a nice career in a sitcom at a table, fake it just by oh. making jokes and not really being as good a writer, but there's more of a skill set is what I'm thinking those one hours. You can't fake it. You can't be loud or go, ha, 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 then Brian Cranston dies. I, <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, I refuse, he'll have a stripper by him. Oh, yeah. I don't want to piss off my friends that right. work in, 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 on drama shows, but they're a less uh, fraternal bunch, so they probably aren't as easily pissed off. And the few I've talked to about this will confess that because when a comedy writer sits with a drama writer it's, it's only a matter of a couple of drinks before the comedy writer says admit it it's easier and they go yes <laughs> which is easier yes of course drama. it's easier there's no jokes I knew it I knew it <laughs> but you cannot tell anyone I ever said that see I'm I'm in awe of that like justified because I think Rayland uh, like uh, whatever but, um, but, but, but I just want to make sure I t- because I, di- I wasn't I didn't mean to imply I didn't no. want to be too cynical and say just because there's all these different breeds of writer it's a it, symmetry uh, they all need writer, first of all the idea that writers could work as a pack which is again how my, uh, my metaphor is awesome is an achievement <laughs> of the species because writers aren't supposed to be subject yeah. to the Henry Ford principle. Yeah. That should have been the death of entertainment. We should have been in the era that we're in now uh, in terms of like our definitions of comedy and stuff way back when the first studios were like, yeah, but can't you make it faster? I don't know. What if there was more of yous? <laughs> um, and, 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 and writers were stuck in a room together. And Just imagine that cave painting of writers being forced to do that 
And they're the worst. They're egotistical. They're defensive. They're yeah. thin-skinned. They're they're thin, thick-skinned in the wrong ways. They're they're you know they're the they're, they're the monsters. And then they go fuck it. Then we'll have rules for that. And we'll we'll that, 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 to me that's analogous with so the human species. So it's almost like the Seinfeld writers' room is more natural. I, I don't I don't. But I, also, I, it sounds like it was uh, weird. You yes. already said that you, you heard that, but but I think that's probably a successful show too. When the stakes get what high, doing. you can't dispute. And yeah. then it's like you're coming in, so you're coming. You, yeah, it's like the army knows what it's doing too. So if you come in as a new writer, it's not like, hey, my name's Samantha. Here's your bunk. It's yeah. like, fuck you, you, die or figure it out. And um, that's uh, what anyways, a good pack does. But but right? but but this is. I wanted to bring it around to the fact that because there's there's so much uh, like. My, my connection to you is the is the self abuse. I mean, you can't stop. Like you, you just you have a pota- you have a potato in one hand and a potato peeler in the other. And before you ever come around to peeling the potato, you'll be like fucking like you will be be fully peeled yourself. But but when people but, go, Fred, you've been on every sitcom in the nineties. Not news radio, not Frasier. <laughs> I gotta correct that. And all of that. But it's like that's the thing. Is like I don't I don't even know if it's possible for you to become a douchebag because of that. Because you're going to be one of those over. You said in the beginning, I thought it was so interesting. You didn't overcompensate. We know that breed. That's a dangerous breed. That's that's 85 percent of like like people who like the world uh, uh, yes. comedically like guys who were nerds, <clears throat> and then they go, well, but I was funny, and then they they got that stick that says they were funny, and then they start using it in a way that they wouldn't have if they didn't have that stick. So it's like it's a weird thing, but it's like, well, if you're fucking a victim and someone gives you the power because of they like watching you be a victim, it's it's well, it's, it's it's hard. And your voice, you've always had that voice. You've always been that guy for real, well, and people error. have always been drawn to it. And some people are even drawn to abuse you. And because yes, Norm Macdonald when I opened for him, and uh, <laughs> let's not go there. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're booing me for saying something they don't know. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen, Fred. No. No, like a guy like Don Even Marrera, they want to fucking abuse you right now. Just, <laughs> like a guy like Don Marrera, no one's going to bully him. Because I think I, yeah, I see, there's a morning, ta- there's a guy, I'll, I'll tell you later, but I don't want to turn on this crowd. Why don't you do that, Fred? They're sweating, why not have them? No. See, I grew up, there was no such thing as nerds. There were nebbishes, sad sacks. Nerds are like cool. And it's like, you know, now there's a lot of com- comedians now. There's schlubby and, you know, this like this guy, good guy, Ma- Ma- Matt Myra, you know who he is? Yeah. Heavy guy. He's a great guy. But if he was there in the 80s, hey, I'm a schlub. And it's like, hey, yeah, you're not a loser. Hey, you know, so it's this pop culture. <laughs> you know, I'm like being a nerdist referencing Matt Myra. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm a, but yeah, it's like when I did stand up, there was no thought that I want to do it to be cool. Furthest thing. It's embarrassing being cool. So now it's sort of like the old nerds that were picked on. Someone said the nerds now are like the bullies. You yeah. know, I yeah. remember back in the 90s when this was starting, a Bobcat Goldthwait, I'm stealing his line, all these like Largo people, he goes, they're all so cool, like cancel each other out. And uh, so it's, yes, yeah, so nerd became cool. Yeah. And I resent that. Well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you sh- and you should. And then there's like Andy Kindler, who is awesome at moving with that resentment. And maybe that's not your essence. Like, like no. maybe, maybe, maybe. But Kindler, I have a problem with. <laughs> 
Shots fired. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem next. with him. I already went on Mark Marin did five minutes why he bothers me. Now, he's a great guy. He's hysterical. But he would do these alternative rooms. And it's like, ay, 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 I'm nervous. It's like an old Jewish guy. Why is this alternative? You know, it's like, there's a guy, Bruce Smirnoff, who's like a, a, like a Jewish guy. Ay, it's very guns and knives -y. Yes, and so Kedler, why was this heralded as this alternative guy, this, this rebel who is the biggest schmoozer? Oh God! Oh, oh no, he's a great guy. No, I already <laughs> teased him about this. Um, but you know what I'm saying? He, I, I, you know what it is? My mother once said, "I don't like pushy, nervy people because I resent them. I wish I could be pushy and nervy." So I resent Kendler because he could schmooze. He's good at it. I resent so everybody because I wish I, w I wish I had yes. their abilities. Sometimes, I mean, how many times have you been cut off in traffic, and there's some small part of you that's like. God damn it, that person's winning at life. I've never cut anyone off in traffic. <laughs> Which means that I have spent so much more of my life in fucking anxiety and thinking yeah. about other people than I needed to. <laughs> yeah. Because that person clearly never thinks about fucking anything <laughs> and had that time for Pokemon or something. Yes, yes. Uh, like, and I, I, I don't, it's, it's never like, like I'm, I, what, what I'm, I just want to... I want to make sure you understand, and I think you do. I do. I'm, I, I don't. Don't feel bad for me. I'm happy because I could never survive in a writer's room. But I let's forget never about. Survive. But let's I, forget about not, feeling bad. Feel right. Forget about. For, forget yeah. about pity and bad yeah. and feeling bad and all that stuff. And just like I want you to know, like how prudent it is, how strategically uh, justified it is for you to stay who you are. Um, uh, because it ends up paying more. Big money. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up paying more oh, whether, you. whether you have to. Well, like, it's uh, just about what you can live with. And no, I consider, you know, it took me, when I was younger, it was more like comparing myself, why aren't I this? But it's really so liberating when you get older, when you're out of the games of women, and, you know, trying to meet women and trying to get pilot season. When it's sort of over, now I could do what I'd like to do. I'm too old a guy to be pitching, you know, my own show. And it's so liberating because you just... Well, first of all, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. As I told you when I saw you upstairs, I was dreading seeing you because I haven't seen you in three years. And... Everyone that I haven't seen in three years is going to make me feel like I'm 90 years older because right. we're all melting at a parabolic right. rate. So I was like, I was, I, was, I was telling my girlfriend about you and, and like, oh, I'm going to see Fred and he's amazing. And she knew who you were by, by reputation and stuff like that. Reputation? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I have a reputation with a girl you talk to? What the fuck are you holding out on me for? Um, uh, but but no, I was talking to her about you, and I, and, I, and I I I in the I was I was, I was like you know he's Fred Stoller. I was doing my impression of you because you're fun to do an impression of. I'm sure that makes you very happy. Uh, the especially uh, when Tom Kenny gets extra money as voiceovers. <laughs> and then like, I, and hey, then I need stopped a voice. And I got really scared because I was like ah, oh, Fred's like Fred. You could you could draw on a cave wall even if you hadn't gone to art school like 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 inside and out fred is so oh, specific and so re archetypal and so pure and and now i'm going to see him and there's going to be something is going to spoil that for me it looked like christopher lloyd yeah you're going to like like it would be like something that was equally beautiful but if i'd known you for 20 years yeah. as the other thing i'd be like oh fucking time can suck my god balls whatever yeah. um the but you for, the, no. what, 
but still, it, 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 like I sound like a Billy Crystal doing that uh, Fernando Lamas character or whatever. The, 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 but you, you, the, the idea that you look good and that's supposed to make you feel good. I'm saying. You why why would you not be pitching your uh, no I've tried original I've shows the, I've at tried, Netflix but and things I'm this the weird older guy you know I'm not that's this, the point it's point of view now you don't you don't you're not I, the game is not to I try, make I 350 idea, million people go oh I get it what I is that I had an idea for a web series you know, they like the idea let's do it a web series they go can you get some YouTube stars like who do you know anytime I've tried like who do you know that's more famous than you that will sell this who are your friends can you bother Fred Willard again no no more bothering Fred Willard I always bother him I remember so, you used to call me on the phone when we, when we and, and uh, there were still landlines and I was trying to write Monster House and for some reason I was doing a lot of cocaine and I <laughs> I think it was because I just found out how easy it was to buy in LA and it was so hard in Milwaukee and I was like I don't even like coke but now it's so cheap like and so I just had like the CD case. There was these things called CDs. You turned them and listened to them with a laser needle. Um, and, and, uh, and it was covered with like Coke residue. And then I'd be trying to figure out why a house would be a monster. And then the phone would ring. And <laughs> you would be calling me because we had just made friends. And you were like, uh, the, the idea that I was the paragon of confidence for you was, says a lot. Like, cause you're like calling me for advice. I'm like, what is this motherfucker? Like, you're, you're, you're like, listen, uh, have you ever tried, like, what do you do when you park in a grocery store? Like, <laughs> like do you, do you look for the, cause I've been driving, I, I, I went, I went to the, I went to the store today and I, I just drove away. I couldn't you handle know, the pressure was... anymore. I'm like, you, you couldn't handle the pressure of parking at a grocery store. And you called me. <laughs> no, you you intimidated me because the last few times I bumped into you were really like angry, Dan. I mean, intimidating. Oh, so oh, so. Wait, wait, no. Larry, Larry David. No, I don't. No, I'm not no, no. You were it. nice to me, but like there, there were these stupid nature half moon walks and the full moon. Oh, the right. <laughs> and you went, I'm just here to fucking get laid. And like, uh, <laughs> uh, I was in a bad place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he sounds like, like really yeah, I'm fucking this bitch. And I went, all right, all right. I didn't say, I didn't say bitch. Please you didn't tell me. do no. that, but that helped a little bit. That helped to laugh a little bit. Did I say, I didn't say. No, I, but you got, you were so brazen. It was a very attractive. I would, I would have said, I'm going to have sex with this girl. You like, were like, a like very that, attractive that was the mode girl, I was in. A very, I, I won't say in front of here. I bumped into her since. And I was so jealous. She was sweet. And, and you said, I'm just here to fucking get laid. I don't think you said fuck, but you said to get laid. Said, fuck all this. You know this nature bullshit. But uh, no, no, you're, you're great. But it, I, I, was I, at a, I was in a phase at that time. But where you were I, acting I was like the asshole and you were getting laid. There was a no, girl that had told me, that. and this is not negging. Like, like there's a, this isn't that red pill <laughs> shit. Like I had come into my own as I, I, I had come out of a relationship where I was like, I can't remember what this was in between, where I was like, the justification in my head was for about a year I just was I was a pig but that's but not like I don't think I was abusive no I, I, I was a pig one 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 woman said to me which I will always remember because I thought it was it actually summed up exactly what I was doing and she was a customer that was explaining oh this is why I stopped and bought this fucking soup that made me sick um, <laughs> and so I was like oh that's what's on the label she said she said like I, don't, I spent I spent so much energy trying to catch guys and their red flags and you wave yours like a matador 
Yes. And that's what it was. And it wasn't, but You're that's not, I want yes. the kids to know, I want these millennials to know, first of all, I said that was a year and I was, I fuck, I look back and I almost killed myself and I was miserable. I almost burnt my apartment down. It was, a, it was a bad time. I'm not, I'm also not saying don't ever do that. Do it. Go for it. But, but. <laughs> But that is not the same as this, because these are weird fucking times, and that shit is kissing cousins with some ideologies that have to do with hurting other people uh, in order to like get, get reverse psychology. This is a, the, the 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 baseline is total id, and that that's if you meet somebody at a party that just says, um, "I'm very lonely. Would you like to make out later?" Like like like, like that's he's not he like like that guy can have a reasonable time like, 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 because, because then you're playing Moneyball uh, with statistics. And that, that I resent the fact that that bleeds into this other camp that's about like taking it back from women who never took it away. Like that's the thing, that's why I wanna like put a big fucking fat asterisk on that. But I, I was going through that phase where I was like, I would just be, I was just and going on dates a lot because I, I felt like yeah. I had d done that wrong for the first part of my life. So every girl I talked to that I was attracted to, I would just, I was like trying to be in the zone where I'd be like, I'm very attracted to you. Um, I would try not to be, you know, like snow plow them, but like, 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 but I got a lot of like, like, like fucking humiliating, like eye rolls and like walk away. Like, like, like really? You'd say that to me? But, but I'd be like, I was, I'm very attracted to you and I'd like to make out with you. Later. Now that you don't need those lines anymore, can we hear one of them or? What are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no, you intimidated me at the Super Bowl parties, super. Does Joe Hodgson? Thing? I guess it's just everybody in there. I was in my. I was That's in my late That's some people 20s. for 15 years of their life. Some yeah. people die at 65 no, years you, old, staying that way. You hear the humanity yeah. in him talking about Trump and all this stuff. I mean, that's why I wasn't as intimidated. You know. Um, right. I feel I need to do a Star Trek joke to get you back. <laughs> Because I don't know, I, I can't believe relate you. to this angst. <laughs> you told it? these people everything about Dan. Now I see why Larry David fuck with you. Yeah. No, well, I, that's that's well, I want to tell you something. People think I'm an easy mark, but I, I, got, <laughs> I got sued by this guy, and I, I, I didn't get bullied. I didn't get bullied with the guy with the restraining order. I pushed him away. And what I happened took him with the end of that? And uh, <clears throat> he, um, to give him credit, he didn't know it was illegal what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> to, to, to threaten you and intimidate to you? bang on my door, leave right. notes, and say, let's go on Dr. Drew. So when, you say, so when you say restraining order... We went to court. Did you file it or did he file it? This is the funny thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I filed the restraining order. Um, some friends served him. And then a few days later, he serves me with one, <laughs> saying... I can't go near him because I'm threatening him. So I go, wait, so I could get arrested if I'm in my own hallway where he lurks if he gets this restraining order? This is, you're describing Cape Fear, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like competing radiuses. You know, I don't know, did anyone ever uh, file for a restraining order? That room you go to downtown? No. I, th I feel like there's probably two people at least in the room that have. It was but weird because it's all different types, right? It's probably all not a fun situation they want to leave. Minorities, anyway. all different people, rich, poor. And then there was. Wait, a, did you, we had one hand up. Did you uh, raise did you it file because one that would you be downtown? willing to talk about your restraining order? Okay, oh would you like to come up, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's. Happy Is that Memorial true? Day. And you had to go to a place downtown oh, really? where you wait with all the people? I was a minor at the time. Oh, what happened? Well, oh, yeah. Check. 
I was told my... If you're listening to the live, free Wednesday podcast and my mic was bad for the first half of the show, we've replaced it. <laughs> um, have you seen Breaking Bad? I've seen Breaking Bad. So my dad was like a Jewish Walter White. You, can you? Sorry, what's your name, sir? Whoa. Ori. Ori? Can yeah. you, like, like for more than Eat you the think, like, keep, the, keep the mic, like, like, kissy distance. Wait, your father was a Jewish anything? Yeah. No, 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 you got to Ori. turn your head and the microphone at yeah. the same it's time. It's not really working too well. You had one job, one job I gave one you. One job. <laughs> you think I'm sitting like this because I'm comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. My, my you mean mom, a, 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 a Jewish Walter White, in what way? Well, he sold crystal meth and women. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the newest guest of Harmontown. <laughs> He'll be comp trolling from now on. <laughs> was he a chemistry teacher? Uh, no, he was a uh, car stare and alarm salesman, so he went from pimping, pimping cars to pimping women. You don't hear Jews as pimps. Well, yeah, I know. And now I'm what? I, I'm making fun of a Jewish pimp. <laughs> I'm just so distracted by the math in my head. He sold crystal meth and women. So he had both? Yeah. And he wasn't done? Well, I mean, he... Don't forget car stereos. I mean... Oh, okay. So this guy really craved car stereos and could never get them. I mean, his his trinity was he would get hookers to sell crystal meth to guys. Oh, you ain't got to tell us. And then they would, they would fuck the guys and then do the meth. And then when the job was all done, they'd smoke the meth. And then the meth would make them clean. So then everything would be spotless. Wait, wait, make wait the clean. meth would make them clean? Well, you know, because meth makes you all like... Clean like a maid. Oh, clean the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were about to buy a shit ton of meth. Like, meth can make me clean? I would like to try some meth. I'm so dirty. You just got to get that colonic. Oh, my God, yeah. So, by the way, Levy is obsessed with colonics. I am not obsessed. He, ke- he keeps asking me to get one because he wants to. I, 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 was, I was driving the car the other day, and I go, Levy, I order you to check out getting a colonic for me. And he was like, really? Okay. I know what's happening I'm here. more curious, like, if I actually got one... Would if it you, feel good? You should be, no, no, to be curious I, about that. I think, I, for me, like, I would only do it if that meant you absolutely had to do it. It would. <laughs> <laughs> we support you. I don't want to do it. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to do it? You keep bringing it up. <laughs> we want you to try but stuff. But can we get back to hookers and meth and car stereos? <laughs> trying to learn something in this motherfucker. Well, now he runs a rehab center off of Melrose. Okay, so what, what did you, now he runs, I don't care about him cleaning himself the fuck up. I want to know, what was your restraining order for? Because um, he was doing like a lot of meth and that's not good for like a grown child. So how old were you at the time? I was like 16. So did you have to go to the police department no, yourself? No, I was a minor. My mom had to go because the okay. DEA came into our house and they were like, hey, your dad's doing some shit. Why do, you need, why do you need a restraining order if the DEA has already taken him away? Oh, Does no, they were looking for him. Okay. <laughs> oh, and he may come back. Yeah. 
Is that, that a friend of yours or one of your dad's bodyguards? No, I have no idea who that is. No. We just got killed by a Sicario. And what ended up happening to him and your relationship with him? That's why I'm back in L.A. I kind of came back to uh, work out on a relationship with him. Is he, oh, you should he... have him on the show. <laughs> I, I, I would if there was a story we thought we could track that would be worth clicks. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but possibly. is he... What, have you, has, what, what has changed? Has there been an arc in terms of you or him? Like, I mean, basically, like, from when I was a kid, like, 16, like, it's all started happening, and then, like, slowly but surely, I found out, like, what he was doing, he was in jail, he was a kingpin, all that stuff. Kingpin? Yeah. <laughs> Jewish king. You see this? That? that was made for me in jail. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, did you, so he, did you just touch it? for you in jail. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so, but you're saying what's changed is the the experience has humanized you. That you at 16, it was so volcanic. You, yeah, it was traumatizing at, at that age. And you got out of there because you're a survivor. Yeah. And as an adult, can I ask how old you are? I'm 25 now. Yeah. Okay, so I can ask how old you yeah. are, you young prick. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, and he's I got can. weed in his pocket. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but 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 as a, as a as a as a functioning adult, this is very admirable. 25. I, yeah. I, I'd still be paying my rent off my anger at my dad. Uh, the, I mean, it's, the, it's, you know, he's paying you, you, adult child support, basically, You're, li right you're now. looking back, and you're going, like, but who's the guy? Is he in jail now? No, now he's running a rehab center off of Melrose, helping, like, other Jewish and adult people, like, get off the streets. <laughs> There's so many Jewish kingpins. Other, I, I, <laughs> yes. I like the placement of the and there, though. Other Jewish and adult people <laughs> <laughs> off the street. So if you're Jewish, you could be a third trimester fetus. <laughs> if you, and addicted to crack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but no, so that sounds like I didn't want to force that narrative where it's like, so he's clean now, so it's time to repair. But but it sounds like I, he is clean because yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's running clean. a rehab yeah, center. He runs a rehab center. So now. it's time to revisit it. And all right. Yeah. Well, no, let's have him on. Let's yeah, uh, yeah, tell him. Tell him your f podcast wants to talk about fathers and sons and and and, and, for sure, and yeah. all that shit if he wants to come on for sure. For sure. Um, uh, who, what about my stained glass company? Well, it's not very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 it's, 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 no, I think that's, uh, what, I, what, who am I arguing with in my head? Why, why do I always sound like I'm defending myself? Who's, who's attacking me? My, my, my girlfriend woke up this morning and she went, oh, baby. And I went, what, what now? Yeah. And she went, I have a headache. And I went, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was so, so fucking ready for women to attack me in the morning. Like, what am I, a fucking, like, like weird cyborg? Like, that was... So, I, I have so much neurological work to do. Do you, do you believe in neuroplasticity, Fred? I... I never heard of it, but now I do believe it's in it. It's when your brain can change throughout yeah. time. No, I, late in life I got into weed because I do believe that... And I tried mushrooms and it didn't work, but I believe... It didn't be work like, it, like nothing it, happened? Yeah. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Do you want to hear the story? Yeah. Like? Is, is, is Larry David in it? <laughs> no wrong answers, but... <clears throat> All right, I'll try to make a long story short. <laughs> I got into edibles, and I like them because I have realizations, revelations, where something hits you, and it's a, like in a visual. And you're, Wow, and I had a breakthrough, and, I, and now I won't go back. You know what I mean? It's, you know, right. And I love that. Someone goes, you really get that on mushrooms. Right. All right, I want to... So you always crave that. See, this is an See, important thing. I want to be like a commentary track that is not... I'm opening the cut... 
you, you, I feel an energy from you when I interrupt you and do my, my prattling well, that you're well, like, I Jesus need... Christ, he's talking and I'm on a fucking track. And earlier you said, no, I, I love Duncan I want to get back to that thing Duncan so Trussell. that I can get back to the thing I was talking I about. I love him. Uh, the, <laughs> all right, but... <laughs> I'm you, trying to show I know stuff. The... <laughs> Hey. But you... Over the garden wall. You... <laughs> I was in that. All right. You like the idea of... You, like, that, Realizations, yes. You, you, you don't, you don't have anxiety about a bad trip or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> I've had paranoia, but... Well, it's like anything. It's like if you're in a very bad state it's going to compound at a thousand percent like the loneliness, the isolation. So I'm I mean, smart yeah. enough. I got dumped on acid once. <laughs> by your dad? No, no, by a girl. <laughs> oh. By your dad. It was very confusing at the time. Yes. <laughs> this is something that no one would ever assume about you, though. I guarantee you that. Because the average person... I think I'm so neurotic about the, it. The average person and, uh, d- doesn't do ayahuasca or mushrooms because of the Fred Stoller voice inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> So to find out that Fred Stoller, who has that voice, work. is like, but, uh, yeah, no, I'll do well, it. I just happened? don't know how to get it. For what what happened? Uh, do you buy it at a store? How do you park there? What do you know? Well, what uh, how do you keep people from judging you when you're trying to buy your ayahuasca? Again, being the old guy in the 80s, the few times I did weed, I, I, yeah, the Fred's still a neurotic guy. My throat hurts for three weeks. Uh, my sore throat. I'm right. dizzy. You know, ooh. Uh, and I don't like alcohol because of the Fred's still a neurotic guy. I wake up dry mouth three hours later. I'm doing an impression <laughs> of myself. I'm nauseous. <laughs> I don't like it. So I thought weed was like Cheech and Chong. Hey, man, did you move the car? <laughs> no, I forgot. I go, I don't want that. <laughs> So, uh, you know, like, you know, Brian Posehn, you know, hey, right. man, hey, I like comic books, yeah, I'm a stoner, you know, so uh, that's what I thought weed is, hey, yeah. Just from your observation of other people from yes. the outside, you're like, I don't want to be like that on the yes. inside, but you found but, out. But then I found out someone said it opens your mind. So it's got more sophisticated. I think in the 80s, when I tried it once or twice, it was just anything. And I smoked it. Like I said, sore throat, paranoia. But then, you know, you see on the news, you know, the There's legalization. Strains. There's actually different cancer, strains. And, yes. Yeah. And it, someone said it opens your mind. So, And then I listened to Sam Harris, who, uh, not the guy who, uh, no, you know who he is. And he's saying... Uh, I read the, the the book on tape. One of his that he's got daughters. He goes, I wouldn't like if they did. A, I'd be concerned if they did meth or crack. But I would want them to try. Uh, it opens your mind. And right. I started thinking about it. So and I then did some edibles. And I and I yeah I'd, I'd have things where I think I have a funny idea. They never make sense. Right. But but I, I really felt, and, and I even would, would meditate. So you have a breakthrough where you, it's a visualization where you got something. And once you got it, I can't go back to what that was. So, right. so someone said mushrooms is better, and it wasn't. Mushrooms is, cl- it wasn't. No. It didn't work on you. Come on. Something well, the happened situation. you took mushrooms. Okay, tell us a story. Sorry, that's your, yeah. Um, uh, Ori? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just checking if I remember someone, the name. Someone, a very sweet... <laughs> just buckle up. The, light, uh, the lights are warmer up here. Oh, oh good. But a very enjoy. sweet woman who I don't want to put down. Um, she, she reached out. She has a boyfriend, but she, you know, she's seen me on things. Hey, you're an interesting character, and I like you. Not like me that way. 
But she said, and I, uh, you know, she saw me on some podcast talking about weed. And no, she does weed. So she met me and she got me a $40 top joint thing. And she and saw you on the podcast. Like Doug Loves movies or the thing where you Excellent. smoke or whatever. Excellent. No, I didn't do Doug Loves movies. A lot of podcasts uh, have live video feeds now for $5 a month. You can subscribe. <laughs> you, uh, is there one that you might know of offhand? Yeah, you know, the one where you, you smoke weed. I yes. Did that one with Doug Benson. And um, again, that's another guy. You don't think of him as breakthroughs, like, eh, you know. So, but she goes, uh, you know, talking about that. I go, I'd like to do mushrooms, but how do you do it? She goes, I'll get you some, you know, we'll do it. And um, can I interrupt here? Yes. She's local. She's in your life physically. Or are you, contact, are you, are you connected with her online? She, she sought me out through Twitter or whatever the hell, but Dark it wasn't web. like a catfish because we had mutual friends, so it wasn't so psychotic. Well, I wasn't thinking, I just want to know, like, is she, is she a person, like, because I'm trying to figure out, like... Who she is? No, God, no, 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 no. No, I'm trying to figure out how much of this was, like, you, your, your anxiety was, was mitigated by, like, this was a I person that you were interested in that familiar. was drawing you in, that was saying, like, like she trust, you, I trusted, you trusted her. her. Totally. And this is how you met her, but you met her online, but then you were going to meet her, maybe? Yes, we met and she had the joint, and, um, and, and I just, you know, we talked, and I said, I, I never did that, I'm curious. And I had a birthday a few months ago where I'm tired of every birthday. You sit around with eight friends, you know, yeah, yeah, my friends and the check comes. You know, I want to do something adventuresome. So, <laughs> so I said, I want to do mushrooms. And so then there's a... There's a <laughs> That's your description of a birthday? <laughs> I mean, by no means do I claim that birthdays are fun, but your description of a birthday oh, gets more ridiculous. would make Vonnegut kill himself. <laughs> yes. You know, sit around a table. Well, it's always the same. Seven eight to eight people friends. To you go, yay, I'm older. The check yes. comes. And everyone's dipping it up. <laughs> you sound like oh. a, the way a rock would describe <laughs> DNA. Like, like, oh, yeah, you shape yourself different, then you reproduce. It's so, always uh, the same restaurant. Restaurant and it's eight, yeah, the same eight people. They're all very nice, and right. I'm always alone. And uh, yeah, and no, no significant other. So basically, so I said I want to do something crazy, you know. And um, so there's another uh, female comedian who, once in a while, she heard about the edibles. She goes, "Let's do edibles." She texts me, and I go, "Well, I want to try mushrooms." Yeah, let's do that. And I, so I wanted to bring her there. So it's three of us. Just, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable and, you know, be sexual. I don't know. It's a, I thought it's like ecstasy. Ah, you know, you're kissing and, you know. Which so. ecstasy isn't, just so you know. Okay. Like, I, I, I just did it with, I, I, I haven't done it with, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, See, that, that was that. one of the. Well, ecstasy one of the, is like synthetic okay. mushrooms. All right, it's now like, I'm, it's I'm like being, mushrooms with a salary cap. Is, is, this, <laughs> is this being homophobic if I say I was afraid to do mushrooms with a friend because I thought, oh, you start making out with a guy, everyone says. Right. You make out with whoever you you're with. Well, no, but not you that guy. Afraid. Okay, well, so, and, and okay, I don't want to... That's poppers. I don't want to... But you say, so there what... It's like, 
But you weren't afraid. Here, here let me show you. All right, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite, right? Me, you see where no, this is going? No, I was afraid where would you get women. that from? All right, all right. I, I can't even, I can't right. even finish my, because of yeah. my self-loathing, I can't finish my question before you're answering with your self-loathing. I'm yes. saying, I'm saying, let, let, here, let me, let me lay out like uh, I was hoping the woman that has a girlfriend may be something with her. When I was in my, when I was in my 20s, I think I probably, if anybody said, uh, this is mushrooms. That's how. That's why I did mushrooms. That's why I did acid because I was in my twenties. And and when you're in your twenties, you're just like driving into trees because you're like, why can't I die? <laughs> uh, so like, like people just like hand you pizza and go like, this has been out for three days, and you're like, why not four? How? <laughs> because you can't wait to feel pain, and yes. you will someday. You yes. will. I got food poisoning at one point in my 30s. I got, you know, I got, like everything, st- I had bad trips in my 30s and stuff, but when I was in my 20s, which is when, that's what that's when I feel Feel like my roster of drugs that I was willing to do when, were com- was completed because it's like it's like the map of the world here there be dragons and stuff so it's like okay I'll never try heroin because I made it to 30 without doing heroin thank God so so now I'll, I'll never do it so I had, this is what like like but the fear the Fred Stoller voice inside of me that would not want to do mushrooms wouldn't want to not do mushrooms because I'd be afraid of anything that would happen because of a successful mushroom trip. Right. It would be afraid of an unsuccessful right. mushroom trip. People reassured me. Okay, so this is what happened. The woman said, I'll be a mushroom coach. Okay. I'm uh, here I was for a trip you. advisor. That's fun. She goes, if you're freaking out, I'll take you aside. So you've been told this drug represents such a threshold that you the worst coach. case scenario is women taking care of you. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to come around. Now, I, this is what I was seeking was like, I'm not judging you. No, I'm not, please judge. I'm like, you're still bolder than me because you're outside of your, you're, the fact that the story starts with you saying, I want to try mushrooms. Like, I, I just wouldn't have done it. Like, I would have looked for... Uh, well, again, I like the, the realizations. I'm, I'm very into, like, meditating. And, and, you know, Duncan Trussell, again, got me into Ram Dass and all this stuff. So Ram Dass ain't no joke. Yeah. It's <laughs> a you runner. Know who he is? You, you will you know the runner. He is? He ain't no, I know who he is. He ain't no joke, bro. <laughs> like the way you know, ain't to be fucked with. As much as you know about my book. <laughs> you can go and, back two episodes and he seeds Ram Dass ain't no joke as a runner <laughs> for no seeming reason. You're a time traveler, aren't you? <laughs> You set yourself up for a callback. Yeah. You're Marty McFly. The reason I do... Just, no joke, made no sense back then. And now but, it's a callback. Everyone go back. Everyone it. stop listening to this episode. Go back two episodes. He said, Ram Dass ain't no joke in this weird voice. All right. I bought it, though. I, uh, I'm getting drunk. Sorry. I, no, no. The reason I'm doing it later in life is I don't have any guilt... You know, I fucked around my 20s, 30s, 40s, my 50s. It's like, you know, I tried my hardest to meet women and write and do the career. And you so, made it to now visit. You look fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, that's layering in why I was mentioning that. Yeah, no. You have the American dream. You may as well fucking put yeah. a, your dick under well, a no, bulldozer. When, it, when it edible works right, I feel I could be in Hawaii when I'm lying in my bed. You know? It's time to find out you're into anything. Yes. Now, so, was it a tea? She make a tea. No, no. How so she what she it? did was so. The, all right. So this is what I thought. They said you can't do mushrooms in your apartment. You got to be on the beach and beautiful in Malibu. So I said, but yes. so, so she said you got to get a room 
So I rented a room, and that way we could go out, come back in, yay, sleep through the morning, wake up. So I, I spend my money, and I'm not that rich, on a place in Malibu for the night. And, and she goes, okay, I'm your mushroom coach if it gets too much, and this, and all. So, so me, her, and the third very nice woman, we go to a, check into the hotel, and she, it's like that candy wrap you, you, you wrap it in, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know, the taffy? Does cellophane wrap? You're just describing no, cellophane? food. Oh. But it's like Saran that. Wrap? Oh, they make Not a mushroom, Saran, they made like a mushroom taffy. Yes, so, so right away I'm going, something's off, because I'm eating it, no problem. She said, yeah, this tastes like shit, the mushroom coach is saying. <laughs> and she, so then we go across the street to Malibu, and right away it hits her, and she's lying in the sand, and I'm picking her up, and this is the coach. And, uh, and, uh, and this guy, the only thing that hit me, I, I was paranoid, the guy who owned the house was Martin Sheen, because I know he lives in Ma Malibu, and he's looking, and there's a girl lying in the sand, and I'm gonna throw up, and he's on the phone, I go, you gotta get out of here. So, so I'm not wait, really I'm feeling wait, anything. I'm sorry. I did the track, like, Martin Sheen, is, it, is that just something that leaped into your head because yes, you know he was maybe I was a little okay. paranoid. That's the only paranoia. Right, he wasn't I, there. I, See, I, could have been, I don't know if you were like, the only one I knew was Martin Sheen, and he's there, and he's no, on No, but I know you're he saying, lives in You're imagining in your head Martin yes. Sheen is looking at, yes, down at No, but it was a guy picking up a phone. I think that might be Fred Stoller. Picking up a phone is a woman uh. turning in the sand. And I'm trying to lift her up. So the other woman ran off to get water. She said she's going to throw up. So like, um, so, so then the only, I think I did it for fun. I pretended we were like Dee Dee on the beach and, and she was a wounded soldier and I have to get her back to the hotel. So she's the coach and I'm escorting her and we're just taking her and then all of a sudden, I start narrating it, you know, because I go, people are walking by, I go, look at these people. They have houses and lives and their dogs and their kids. And I'm the 59-year-old guy with two women trying mushrooms on my birthday. And, uh, and I'm saying that out loud, and people are walking. So, so then, you know, there's a tunnel that goes from the beach to, you know, in Malibu to this. So she couldn't take it anymore. She's going to throw up, and she's worthing is that the word on on the floor and and then this 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 guy comes by with his family he goes uh what's wrong and i go oh she got nauseous looking at the water <laughs> <laughs> and he goes she, he goes she, you know, she got and he was a black guy and that has nothing to do with the story but i have to say it he goes don't go on a cruise then and uh gave us some advice don't go on the no cruises you can do the voice okay and <laughs> uh <laughs> yes oh, I, miss, I, I miss that you're way bigger by the way, he's a bike. Yeah, do the do the because that's the punchline of the story. Isn't Don't it? go on no cruises. And, right. uh, that's not your black right. guy that's voice. That's not a good okay. voice. So uh, can I do it? I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go on a cruise, then, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what you did. I don't know. He was Ridiculous. being I assume that he mad. grew he up in Pittsburgh. He wasn't Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, trying to make a, shade, oh. a shady spot so that he could have a picnic. <laughs> well, <you're... laughs> I thought I'd take the hit. I thought I'd create a racist canopy so that he could be like, here's what he really it's... sounded like. I'd be like, that's like, great. Like the waves in Malibu is so crazy. <laughs> you, you look at them, you can't walk. You know, you have to have two people escort you. So then uh. she, oh, I forgot this part. The mushroom coach gave good advice. If you if you need to have a bowel movement, do it before it kicks in. So that was the neurotic Jew in me, Andy Kindler. Oh, I got a make, hey, and uh, oh, 
did I not go? Is that just because taking a shit on mushrooms will make you feel like you're the universe's asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, why that is. I, like, I, guess, I love that that's a documented. That's like, but I, by the way, put, that, that's just clean. It's like throw the throw the grenade, not the pin. Yeah. Take a shit before the before mushrooms, mushrooms kick in. Otherwise, I guess I understand that because you your know what? Turd the will be infinite. I'm having the go, and you're tripping. It won't work. I don't know. So then she goes, "I got to shit. I got to throw up." So here she gave the advice. So she goes, "Get me back to the room." So. So she goes, you got to, so get out. I need the room. So, so we leave her there and she's, you know, probably doing what she's got to do. And then my, my, uh, uh, the phone battery died. I go to charge it. Get out of here. You know, stone, open the fucking light. And, uh, so we had to stand by the door. Wait, so sorry, no, you got to back up because yeah, something I'm shifted lost. there. You're, no, I'm, I'm with you the entire way. <laughs> There's people attacking you now. We don't, we don't, I don't know. I no, we I would were... try to come in the hotel room I paid for right. to okay. charge my battery. Right. Okay. And she goes, get the fuck out of here. Who said that? The mushroom coach. The mushroom coach. Now known as the deuce dropper. Yes. Oh, because she didn't want, because she, she, she was freaking out. Okay. What about the other She girl? was freaking out. She was okay. We were both, we were both like, we didn't know it was getting dark and chill and we're standing outside the door and we're not allowed in. So we couldn't, I guess it didn't work because we were like, uh, we got to save the coach. And uh, so I didn't have any guy. The only realization I had was the, the comedian I was with. She, I go, you look like Bonnie McFarlane. <laughs> I would never realize that. That's a realization. Yes, that was the only thing that I realized. And it was Bonnie McFarlane. But you did, yes. live, <laughs> but you did live through, although no one would pay money for this, the experience of, oh, what would I do if I was in charge of a person that I thought was supposed to be in charge of me? Yes. That's a fucking valuable experience. No, I felt very proud and machismo. It's that, not birthday uh, valuable. Like, <laughs> No. I, would, I would have you have a better birthday. No, that's it, a... it, and I have to say she's a sweet woman, and she was very ashamed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so the woman, the, the, the other woman who was okay, she has a girlfriend that said, get down to wherever she lives. Where does Ray Donovan take place near Malibu? I forgot. Uh, in a world where uh, <laughs> secrecy is your last no. option. So, I don't know. So her girlfriend kept saying, get over here, get over here. And she didn't want to let her know she was stoned. She goes, I'm at a birthday party. And she didn't believe her. So we had to go to a restaurant and take pictures pretending. I got you. I think, I think the it beginnings awesome. of your stories have packets of information in them that I miss because I'm an afterglow from your last story. Right. So I think that's what it is because you change locations and casts. Yes. I that, was trying to say it was so crazy that... The, the, the other woman, we were outside the door, afraid to go in, you know, because she kept screaming, get out of here, I'm, I'm freaking out. I just want to lay there. Yes. She didn't want to be with anybody while she, she was, was freaking, freaking out of mushrooms. Out. Yeah, that's she weird. Was, I always make it everyone else's problem. Right? <laughs> if, I, if I'm having a single issue yeah, yes. with anything, yeah. I'm a, like, society is the first place I go. So, Wipe my ass on everything. <laughs> That's why the election made me so upset. I'm like, I'm alone. I can't wipe my ass on anybody. They're all wiping their ass on each other. <laughs> I was like, this is fucked up. So, I didn't mean to bring it back to that. No, so um, that was the mushrooms on my birthday. So you never tried mushrooms again? No. But I'd like to. What about that, my bad mushroom trips are like, when you have bad mushrooms, you... Ah, I got a pain in my neck and I thought I was uh, I looked in a mirror and I thought I was a walrus and I like 
and I like 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 they're kind of like bad mushrooms, and so it's like like it's basically oh. like acid, but so it's there's still a uh, psilocybin. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> we'll we'll edit it back in uh, when we do the bad mic pass. Uh, but but yeah, psilocybin. Psilocybin. That's is that in acid or is that just a mushroom? No, acids. Um, Lysergic, yeah, yeah. okay. Lysergic yeah. acid. So mushrooms, they've researched. I guess I want to urge you because you're fucking bold and badass, and a guy that says it's yeah. my 59th birthday. Let's do mushrooms. Please do them again. I think you'll enjoy them very no. much. What about acid? Do acid. If people are microdosing now. <laughs> microdose. If you heard of microdosing. Yeah, it's so good, so good that his father's uh, rehab center is doing. Do acid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do meth. Do acid. Yeah, yeah. he's really become his father and. His bad years. <laughs> Do acid. I mean, my dad's a Jew. Hoffman was a Jew. We're all Jews. Uh, um, no, I'm not looking to do anything ridiculous, but I like expanding the mind. And... Have you done ecstasy, MDMA? No. no. That's pretty. That's really easy. Like, yeah, that, that's a fun. That kind of can't go wrong. <laughs> if the kids ah. are listening. Uh, I was I, scared that I would do harm to my cat. <laughs> like over petting it? Like, you won't know. <laughs> Just pet him bone dry. All right. The cat's like, Jesus Christ, you have my number. <laughs> uh, I, you have the job. You give me food. I don't know what you ate tonight, but I was already at an equilibrium spot. We had a business going here. I miss my cat so much. I miss that kind of affection. The, oh, my the kind God. You can't I, I lost... Buy. I lost two. One was 18, one was 19, and I wasn't going to get another. But someone got one from a shelter, and the other cat wasn't getting along. So oh. I'm glad it happened. I mean, yeah, the cat is the... Uh, I love my dogs, but oh. I can't believe I got dogs. And I sit with them, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's called nothing. <laughs> You're supposed to enjoy it. They're like, just throw the thing. I'm like, if I throw it, you'll just bring it back. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I will. They're, no, they're not like, yeah. Because if they were like, yeah, then it'd be sentient. But they're like, no, throw it, throw it. <laughs> Damn. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm from the future. Because my brain's bigger than a peanut. Oh. You're just going to keep bringing it back. And I'm telling you, that you're never going to understand this as a species. It never gets any better than sitting under a tree, grooming another <laughs> monkey and waiting to die. <laughs> and if a spotted leopard comes around, you go, ah, 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 and you all go to safety until the spotted leopard's gone. And that is where humans started fucking up because we had nailed it. And then one was like, what if a spaceship? And they were like, you're great, Carl. But we, but 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 Carl's not bad either because those chimps are gonna die anyway. I'm sorry, I, I harp on I, this a lot. Like I, 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 I saw think... the documentary of Coco, the sign language in Gorilla, with my friend. It was so cynical. Going, there's a cons there's all these theories. Coco didn't really know sign language. He's just copying, and really bothered me. You know it, your friend is? bothered you, or Coco? My friend bothered me that that he had to that, that, his, was that his cosmology Coco. was so specific that it was important to him that Coco not no yeah, sign Coco, language. Coco's full of shit. Yeah. Doesn't really sign. I, I, that's really. It. I find myself wondering that all the time. Like when you're with somebody and you're like, wait, what's with the pushback at this point? 
Yes. You know, like, yeah, like, 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 like we got to let's examine this. It's like examine a Coco like, and the, they had a 30 year scam that Coco was just copying and not really signing. It's not even like I'm open to finding out that Coco is full of shit. <laughs> like I'm totally open to it. I find it weird when you meet the guy that's like Coco's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it. It's not a tested hypothesis. It's just a strong belief. <laughs> like, okay, so you're like the guy in Awakenings, but if you wanted monkeys to not talk, <laughs> like, 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 it's weird to have that strong an opinion uh, given that there's no stakes to being proven right. Right. What they, <laughs> the only thing that happens if you're proven right is they got a documentary <laughs> about Coco. Is what like they the got. global. Like, remember, Pat, do you know Pat Sajak was like a global warming guy? Like, Pat, that 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 bummed me out so much. Like politics and the internet ruin everything. Turns out Pat Sajak is a global warming denier. Oh, wow. And, and like, like his tweets at, at a certain point were like, uh, follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> follow the money. Global warming. Yes, yes. There's someone right now, someone is making a billion dollars by you Inventing. believing the world is getting hotter. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, wow. that's, it's, like a, it's like a cartoon or a game show where people spell common phrases. <laughs> so disappointing. You want Pat Sajak to walk off screen off a, a Wheel of Fortune. You want him to slide down a pole into like a den with a bear rug. <laughs> with a martini. Just, yeah, and, yeah. and solve crimes or something yes. that are based on rudimentary English. Like... like <laughs> Or just enjoy his life. I don't, I don't care if he jerks off at a bowl and drinks it. Like I want him to, I want him to be happy. I want, I want someone to affirm the myth of retirement to me. Why, why is it the higher you look, the less happy everybody is? Like, what, what are these guys? Oh, R Rupert Firemoon uh, died today. Uh, he had 95 divorces. He, uh, his face was a scowl. Uh, he owned 900,000 newspapers. He could tell three countries what to think but uh, it was uh, no one ever saw him smile and he died and, and, and like, like, like where does it go where does it, David Hasselhoff was Knight Rider he can't stop drinking long enough to go well, like I made, was Knight Rider I thought he had the rights for the Baywatch he bought I thought he made a lot of money I don't that. care about yeah. him I, I, because I want, I'm looking for one person to show me the, the, the path because otherwise it's, then it's me I'm going like okay so I, I have to sit in my bed and I have to like just jerk off on my girlfriend <laughs> like like and watch Star Trek you don't have to <laughs> no I'm saying if I want to win the game of life the way I have to do it is not owning nine airplanes it is like exactly what I have right now and then you go yeah, okay you so whoa, oh so now I wait to die that's not fun. I don't want to want. No, 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 no. <laughs> Could I, 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 Expand your horizons. Get I, out well, of, yeah, because Fred Stoller's like, let me do bed. mushrooms. I want to. Yeah, okay. You know, let me yeah. let me ask you. And again, I don't mean to. I want to check this. So, I wouldn't. Okay. I know you're, you're too. too you're, no, we fucking up. nailed it. I think we just had our first perfect show. I was just looking oh. for the first time now, at the clock, and I you am, were here. I, you were here. I'm. I'm not as I'm not depressed these days because I like being creative. I'm not being an asshole plugging my stupid Kindle singles and books. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's plug your book for sure. It's called Five Minutes to Kill. It's about the 1989 Young Comedian special. Matt, you guys, I don't know if you remember. HBO used to have these big Young Comedian specials where a lot of people were launched. 
And I wrote about the one I was on because I found it interesting, the trajectory and the diversity of the careers and lives. Two of them made it big, Rob Schneider and David Spade. They were, they were discovered from the Young Comedian Special. Two of them had tragedies, Warren Thomas and Drake Sather. Oh, Warren Thomas was the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one woman, she's, she's beautiful, she's struggling. So I, I kind of interviewed widows of, and people, and it's like those like 30 by 30s. Like this yeah. is a college team that was, they were all supposed to be pros, two made it, two didn't. So you, is this you checking in with? The, is so that, it starts in be... 1989 with um, six young, hopeful people, and I wasn't so young even in 1989 as a comedian, but. This is our big break, the Young Comedian Special, and then what happens right away, Schneid and... Uh, you can call him Schneid here. Schneid. <laughs> Combine Schneid. him. Schneid and Spader. Of course, um, Schneid gets his break. They get their breaks, and Warren Thomas had an opportunity to be on Saturday Night Live as the black guy. I'm, I'm looking at you, and uh, <laughs> it's so sticky. Was Warren Thomas the... Did he have a like Mike Tyson impression? Did yes. He, the, the dick in I'm going to put my dick in the butter. Put my dick in the butter. Yeah, so he was this guy that um, he there's a thing on Saturday Night Live but I actually think that's a, you're talking about the exact special that I remember I'm like 50 or I don't know okay 19 <laughs> in Milwaukee I don't know I, it's like, like, and then is it HBO yeah. was it the a, HBO comic yes. specials yes and it was it was yeah okay. me so, Rob Schneider David Spade um Drake Sather and Jan Karam. Jan Karam was a precursor to all the beautiful, like Whitney Cummings and uh, Sarah and women who were hot. And she was really beautiful, but she didn't own her hotness. Like, hey, I'm making guys come. I'm not saying they do those jokes, but uh, like, sort she, of like kite linger. Yeah, that kind of type of stuff. So she was uh, really ahead of her time in that way with comedy. So yeah, so I follow from after our quote unquote break, Warren Thomas. Um, when there's a ritual I didn't know about that when you meet uh, Lauren Michaels, he makes you wait like four hours. It's mm -hmm. just an initiation. And he said, fuck this, and he left, and ended up going to Chris Rock, that spot. So, it's just, so it just takes us to 2017, following the triumph and the tragedy of the six people on it, including myself. That's, that, that's great. Uh, I don't have to pronounce that that sounds great. I, <laughs> I, I do. Um, so uh, I forgot, oh yeah, so I, and, and my Seinfeld year was the, so what I'm trying to say is I'm happiest being creative and just writing things in my own voice, so the, the theory I have is, and maybe antidepressants help, but no, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm being creative, not trying to fit into puzzles, is that depression serves a purpose because then you're not afraid to die and we're all gonna die. So, so I wonder if depression- So exciting is, to hear you talk. That's why you need to be pitching television shows, but none of you, but, 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 none but, of but, that's but, gonna, okay. But when I'm depressed, you're, I'm more in tune, because when I'm really depressed, I go, why am I wasting time with Twitter and Instagram? I'm more in tune and in touch, and in reality, so maybe depression is the real thing we're supposed to be, I wonder, because now I don't want to die, and, and I'd be afraid to. No, I don't want to, which is good, right? This is but maybe, but, but when, I, when I'm very depressed, I'm not afraid of it. I welcome it. So maybe depression makes more sense. Does this make sense? Well, depression is practical. Yes. It is, it is certainly, it is more practical than avoiding it, than thinking that it's wrong. And everything's great. You might be, there's, let's say there's two types of something for once in our lives. I know we hate saying there's two types of things. But let's say there's two types of depression. And let's say that the two types of depression are unfucking controllable biochemical yes. depression 
where it, it, as we all know, if you're in a bad mood and you get a flat tire, your flat tire is the end of your world. If you're in a good mood and you get a flat tire, it's kind of funny you got a flat tire. Right. If you're in a good mood and you win $500 in a scratch off, it's, it's, it's fucking fantastic. If you're in a bad mood and you win $500 in a scratch off, you, it's like evidence that capitalism has its hooks in you, and <laughs> so on and so go. forth. Like, 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 mood matters more than fact, um, yes. if, especially when you relate it to fact. So, like, fuck, I forgot why I was talking about this. Why I got all excited but is, about is it? it oh, more because if you to not be afraid of death, if you be depressed, if whether or not either of the whichever of those things are true, whether yeah. you are biochemically uncontrollably depressed or whether it's Actually, uh, there's the other situation, which is like kind of like, yeah, you know what? There's been like five bad things that have happened, and it's kind of hard to be right. in a good mood today. Uh, and, and and I was being glib when I said there was two kinds because it's like it's a combination of the things. It doesn't matter. Your bad mood still means the exact same thing, and committing to your bad mood is still practical. The problem is when people connect uh, factuality to their mood. Right. When you say, regardless of the cause of your bad mood, when you say that because of your bad mood, you need to do something, and we all know what the stuff you want to do when you're in a bad mood is, um, or, but this is something that we overlook a lot, when you think that, because, that, that you're in a bad mood because of the shit that happened to you recently because of everything that your life has been. Those are big mistakes. You're connecting shit that may be co-relative, but it's not cause-effective. And that's why, but if you can just go, I am in a bad mood. Here's how I feel when I'm in a bad mood. I feel like this. And you write it down or... Like, just feel it so much that you create any kind of snapshot with it. I'm telling you, that snapshot is as valuable to humanity as a photograph from a, an oceanographer of the Marianas Trench. Like, like, because you might be experiencing depths that are no deeper than the person that never went deeper, but you're experiencing depths from a, a, an angle that has never been seen. Uh, and we need, before we all die, bef- when we will probably die by our own hand, so <laughs> no matter how depressed you get, why bother killing yourself when you know humanity will do that for you? Um, uh, like, leave it to them. It's like well, the one area of human society that you can leave to the customer service <laughs> department. Like, you know they'll get around to it. You don't have to do it, but I'm not saying logic is a reason to not hurt yourself. I'm just saying when you're at that point when it feels like you have no course of action other than something, I'm telling you, fucking wait it out uh, because you are a sensor that has been shot from mm-hmm. God uh, like to like look at that spot. It's the spot that only you can see. It may seem unremarkable. No life grows there. It's jagged and unfriendly and all it says to you is fuck you. You shouldn't be here. 
well, that's the whole point of a probe. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be there <laughs> and you won't be there at some point. Like you will get out of there, but, and you will be stronger and the people around you will be stronger because you got down there and you saw that shit and you lived down there, Fred Stoller. No, uh, I, you were, you were a, you were a Marianas trench wow. cruiser. My God. Uh, church. To make it to, like, I was out here, like, like every day, you're just, like, cruising through the fucking depths, the lowest places that the ocean can afford. <laughs> That's uh, valuable data to everybody. No, you... It's going to end up making Jared Kushner live a, a more fruitful life. <laughs> he's going to be on his elliptical, and he's going to be like, I learned from Fred that there's a new way to describe the feeling you have when wow. watermelon makes you feel bad. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, it's drugs. I kind of lost it at the end there. Cause. That's why <laughs> drugs, what the, you, I get things, but I can't articulate it. That's why this guy's amazing. You can articulate Because I can things. articulate nothing. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like a box, and if a breeze blows through it, it sounds like something's being said. <laughs> so when you hold it up to anyone, uh, but you have to hold it up at a distance. Yeah, all right. Well, we should end our show. Um, uh, I got I got real drunk during it because I love listening to you oh, yeah. and and like so uh, you you you, you the, 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 what's the book tell us the book again so we can like get off it's this called, podcast and go get it it's called five minutes to kill there's a subtitle they came up with how the HBO young comedian special changed the lives of 1989 six funniest people. That's they came up. With okay. The well, it sounds like they're, like they're okay. It's a dollar ninety nine, but it's legit. I can't wait to read the book by their marketing department called uh, <laughs> "Refining: The Key to Killing Something." <laughs> <laughs> because whatever it's called, whether it's grapes or celery, it should be short, and we should remember it. Five minutes to kill. Five <laughs> minutes to kill. Forget yeah. the other part. Please tell your publisher to <laughs> stop doing that. Uh, Fred Stoller, everybody. Thank you so much. Brandon Johnson was your comptroller. Ori, Ori's going to come back with his dad, and we're going to we're going to connect about this very common story about fathers and sons. You drift apart, then you come back. I want to I want to I want to be there for the and collect the loose change that hits the floor. For sure. Steve Levy, you did so good at Spencer's job. By not saying anything. Yeah. All right. Wow. Great. But you did. You scheduled something for tomorrow. I'm supposed to just write another show. Yeah. I'll just write another show tomorrow. Yes. While everyone else is memorializing things. Yeah, but then you get to celebrate Memorial Day with a triple A celebrity tomorrow night. Triple A. I gotta look Vin at what Diesel? Talking about. I'm having. <laughs> I'm having Andy Kindler guilt for those comments. But it's right. oh, come on! I already met him. I don't know. He doesn't even like me. I don't even know what to, that, that's a mix-up. He mix clearly up. does. I'm going to explain it's a mix-up. Could be anybody. All right. <laughs> well, Cancel all of it, but no, don't. The, the guy, the A-list guy, he'll think it's a famous prank. Uh, all right. The, 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 the... Spencer, you look very happy today. Why? I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm going to guess you're wearing me undies, finally. Yeah. Me undies. You're talking about the ultimate feel-good undies with free shipping right to my door and satisfaction. 
<laughs> You're so giggly because you love having a, a fabric three times softer than cotton. Uh, this is the sound of my satisfaction being guaranteed. It's almost you're, you're ticklish. You always like, like this is how you're allowed to feel all the time, Spencer. And guess what? That's particularly relevant because it's Pride Month. Everybody, not just the LGBT community, but everybody should be proud of themselves and what they are. What you know, and and MeUndies totally gets that because they make the first choice that you make in the morning uh one that is particularly supportive with beautiful space age fabric that so outdoes cotton you'll wonder why we ever grew a plant to make a, a cloth why would we do that do you ever drive by a field and look into it and go oh I should make a sheet of stuff for, out of that. That's dumb. Why? Where, where? Where were we? Why did we do that? When you can just take micromodal, yeah, and weave it into the most supportive, Soft, stretchy, silky undies in the world. And they even come in a changing array of colors and patterns. Yeah, you like subscribe to me undies, and you keep getting sent this this all these great underwear. You get up in the morning, and you're like, "All right, this is gonna be this kind of day, the camouflage day." Or I like these ghosts from Halloween. And if you have a partner, you can like coordinate with them, you know. And that's that. Uh, that's whether your uh, partner is of the opposite. Or same sex. Speaking of which, MeUndies will donate $1 to what, Spencer? The Los Angeles LGBT Center for every pair of Celebrate Undies you buy during Pride Month. I mean, that's pretty badass. You put on, you, you, you get great underwear that you needed anyway, and you're donating a dollar. But let's be serious. You, you, it's not your dollar. It's theirs. So you get to be... Uh, not homophobic it, it, for no cost at all. Every morning when you put on those underwear, you get to celebrate pride. And you can tell, and then and then when if you have a gay coworker and they're talking about their worldview, you can be silently saying, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because I donated a dollar by wearing what I'm wearing under my pants right now. And that's kind of cool because who wants to listen to your gay coworker go on and on about their worldview? Where, 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 what's the satisfaction in that for you? What's, what's your stake? Now you can have a dollar's stake in their worldview. I think. I don't know if that's what you're buying. You're that, sure you're... <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think if that if that offends you, uh, 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 think of it as an example of of how your uh, butt and groin won't feel when you swath them in. Micromodal, which is three times softer than cotton. Yeah, soothe that offense with the swaddling sensation of micromodal. <sighs> Me undies, you won't believe your feeling. Me undies, their comfort will have you reeling. When you're going downtown or to the store. You better wear their underwar. Me undies. Me undies. It's good for lower, lower bodies, bodies and upper bodies. Go to meundies.com. Slash Harmonton. 
The, 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 uh, 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 rap. Give me a rap beat. I'm going to rap. But then Fred, Fred, when I point at you, yeah. you have to, like, don't, you have to just say, just say, say what you're, say, just, just be the, my Fred Stoller inner voice. Be my okay. Fred Stoller right. inner voice. Do we have a track? we have anything queued up? I can make one on GarageBand. <laughs> you're not ready yet, Liberace. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Little volume, yeah. please. Yeah. Heard him dance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, God above. I pray for the strength. Yeah. Fuck, I pray for cord length. Yo. 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 I pray for your strength. I pray in church. I pray for more cord length. I want the insulation and the 60 cycle hum. I want your mama and your daddy to say, drum, drum, drum from the savage to the to the collaborative. A society's got nothing to give when it grows from one strong chimp to a bunch of simple shit that goes beyond limping to across the space to the moon and then you don't go back. Why, why don't we live in there? Did we have a, an attack of neuroses? Are we not going places that we need to be? Intimidated by the crowd. I thought they wanted to hear sci-fi animation stuff. And they're going, who's this fucking older guy? He's sort of familiar, but I think they like some of the stuff. Maybe the writing, Seinfeld, I don't know. Oh, you don't give it the strength. Give me some of that cord leg. Yo. I went into a car and I drove to a tar pit. I saw the dinosaur and more. I went down into it and I said, I'm now extinct like you. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat you up. But you're covered in tar, so you taste worse than a candy bar. But I'll, when you're in my stomach, I'll take you far into the reaches of the place where carbon-based life couldn't reach. I'm glad my relatives are older and don't listen to this podcast. I'm nervous that they're going to hear about mushrooms and spending money at Malibu. Freddie, you, you, you have the money? Why'd you do that? She took advantage. They're strangers. Stars, cosmic stars. Stardust from Mars goes down on your planet. And you know, no matter how hard you plan it, you can't make a motherfucking thing happen to you that wasn't gonna happen to you. I've had a dick and it was a flag. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so drunk I can't lag from my rapping and my rhyming won't fuck a mama tonight. Mike Eagle's voice is in my mind tonight. I gotta stay on the flow. I gotta rap down and low. I gotta attack. Thinking about it too hard. Get out of my yard. This is a rap. I'm rapping. Confident now after doing tonight. Gonna go home without the GPS. <laughs> Make my way back to Cantor's, get some food. That's how confident I am. I'll find Kawenga somehow without the GPS. I'll do it. Maybe maybe I got some tweets. Some, I haven't checked my thing in like two hours. This is great. 
longest I've gone. All right, Fred Stoller, everybody. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for coming, Burbank. Brandon Johnson, Zach McKeever, Sarah Hill. Uh, <laughs> I'm too drunk. Do you remember anybody that works on the show? I think you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> and there's somebody back there. Chris Baruff, who does Chris everything. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, just pretend you kept clapping longer. Make some noise. Good night, Burbank. This has been Harmontown. Drive fast. Live, live fast. Drive faster. the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.